The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Haley, and I'm here all alone, very sad, at the Berwick Mansion, the Pool Room Studios. Happy to be bringing you another great episode. Surprised that we're doing two episodes in a week. We were not actually scheduled to do a recording tonight, but Mike, being the bloodhound that he is, sniffed out a wonderful new uh, bartender to join, uh, join us tonight. And honest to God, I mean, more than just a bartender, this guy strikes me as a real mixologist, a real artist of this craft. Cannot wait to get into uh, some of the cool things he has for us tonight. Without further ado, my beautiful co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Windsor. How are you today, sir? How you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. Uh, we didn't, sh- you know, we weren't sure if we were going to get this production off the ground, but thank God mm. it has kind of uh, all come together. One of my favorite things is that we like fake it till you make it, and behind, you know, behind the scenes, we're putting this yeah. together with spit and glue and and duct tape. Um, but at least for the it's- people, they don't see all that, right? It's like Trent said, act like you know. Yeah, that's, act, all, that's all we're doing. If you go to New Orleans, act like you know or get the hell out of town. So, um, speaking of uh, wonderful cities, where are you tonight, my friend? I am in Indianapolis. Goddamn right, a city close to my heart. I obviously have great roots there. Um, how's your trip been? Good. So, yeah, just a little bit of background. Uh, I've been coming up here for a uh, show for Powerbox stuff for years. They didn't have it last year. Um, but uh, come up here with a good friend of mine, Chris, and big shout out to Chris because Chris set up this awesome Airbnb and he's letting us record in the front room. There's a bunch of shenanigans that went on just to get this set up, but uh, uh, it's going really well. So uh, yeah, we've been uh, just hopping around Indianapolis and uh, I went to uh, a local bar and was asking about bartenders in the area and kind of talking about the podcast and this wonderful lady named Genevieve was like, you have to go see Richard. Um, so we're going to be introducing you to Richard here, uh, momentarily, but very excited um, about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. I'm excited to talk about the bar. Even finding him was, was, an I can't wait to so. hear that story. I haven't heard it yet. So save it for just a second. I will yeah, say though, um, how great is it, uh, for any of our listeners out there that might be recommending bartenders or want to be on the show or inviting us into your town. Just know that we will come. We will monopolize your living room. We will take the <laughs> fuck over uh, to make this podcast happen. Um, Mike, I usually ask you what's new, but why don't you ask me this week? Because I got something in the hopper for you. All right, Steve. Well, what, what's new this wow, week? Wow, that, so, that was so organic and felt just like <laughs> casual. Um, well, first off, I got a new hat. As you can see right here, Relentless Betrayal, Burn the Ships hat. Very excited about it. For most people, a new hat, not a big deal. For bald men across America, they know how passionate we are about a new hat. Now, I like to <laughs> flaunt my baldness. I have a very beautifully shaped head, but when I get a new hat that I can rock, I mean, it's just something special. Plus, my lady loves me in a hat. So I know this new hat's going to get me some. But the real what's new is this upcoming week, uh, my just bi- ra- random hat plug. Yeah. yeah, I had to plug the hat, baby. Relentless Betrayal, great hat company. I thought you know? this was going to go into some Absolutely grand story. Not. It's like, no, I got a new hat. No, ba- dude, cool. listen, you know, bald men more have more fun, and uh, we love hats. I'm going to so. give it to you. I'm going to yeah. give it to you. Fair man. It's, it, you know what? It looks great. It Thank looks you. Great Thank you. Look, it. it's got this little yellow cord. I don't even know what that's made of, but I dig it. Um, no, my real what's new is my billiards team, Never Tap Out, 
Uh, we just brought home our third state championship uh, this past nice. week. Very excited to say that me and all the old uh, all the old heads went out there, took care of business, went rack to rack five straight games, and took home our third straight championship. So very excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. In a month's time, me and the boys are going to be heading out to uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to play in the Valley Forge Open, the biggest tool uh, 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 tournament in America outside of Vegas. Um, 50K grand prize on the table. Um, but, and you know, plenty of other side wow, action. Awesome. Dude, you so, got to win. So that way we can fucking get this podcast off the ground, man. That's right. We can actually go to some more <laughs> cities, dude. I, I can promise you two things. Number one, I will not win. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, not with that attitude. I Come mean, on. listen, we're going to tap out, man. We're going in with a hope and a prayer. We've got some good players on the team, but, uh, you know, uh, this, we're not, we're not quite elite enough to get to, to that final table money. Maybe we do. Maybe a miracle happens and uh, Disney makes a movie about us, but I will tell you this. I'm going to be taking my box of bartender rant uh, business cards. I'm going to be taking a stack of freshly minted bartender rant podcast stickers that we have coming for you people and plenty of other merch. And I'm going to be distributing it amongst the degenerates of the Valley Forge Pool Tournament. I'm very excited about that. I'm sure there's going to be more than a few. Congratulations, man. That's that's great news. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I don't want to drag on too long, so Mike, why don't we get through our last couple mentions yeah. and we'll get right yeah, into the I'd episode. Say, yeah, just, just pop them off real quick and then we'll Sounds get good. into it, man. As always, guys, this show works because you are an amazing listener. You are helping us build this community. Uh, we want to thank you for listening along and thank you for drinking along with us as we make and enjoy these great cocktails. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review. It is so easy. It takes less than a second to hit that five-star icon on Spotify or that purple icon on Apple, and you don't understand how far that goes for us. It takes this pod to the moon. It, it allows us to spread it to so many people and recommend it when people search on those platforms. So please do that. Um, follow us on all of our social media at BRP Drink Along. Mike is doing some cool things with the Snapchat, so please hop on there. You can see all of our pre-show and post-show hijinks of us trying to make this thing happen. So please support us on there. Share us on those platforms. You know, we do the industry night happy hour the first Monday of every month, and Mike's cooking up great tunes for us there. Last but not least, um, if you really want to be a great supporter of this show, you can always buy our wonderful merch uh, designed by Campo Designs, Rachel Campaneshi. Uh, We have that on Prodigy DTG dot com backslash bartender rant hop on there and check out the gauntlet tea uh, and all the other great merch uh, like the burn this podcast to the ground tea uh courtesy of of mike's uh drunken rants um and if you really want to be a producer of the show somebody that can help take us to the next level and keep bringing you content uh and bartenders from coast to coast leave us a tip be one of our bozels um hop on paypal and go to the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com even a dollar helps anything that helps Mike and I, um, you know, uh, fund the show and keep it, keep it rolling. So Mike, what are we going to do if the people leave us a tip and support the show? We're going to rip off small, small town murder. We're going to list your name at the end of the show, but here's the twist. Tell us what your favorite cocktail or drink is. And we'll list that along. That's with right. You. We will shout out your drink. I don't care if it is a caribou do or a Malibu do or a candy Corona, or even if it's nasty, I'll shout it out against my better judgment. So, That's it. Let's get right into it. We have a fantastic episode tonight. We have Richard, who told me his last name and now I forgot, but we'll get it in a second. We have Richard with, and I'm not even sure which cocktail. Mike, why don't you introduce (laughs) our guest because I am clearly bombing here. 
All right, well, we've got Richard and uh, yeah, uh, from Indianapolis. Let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, so yes, we are here with Richard. Hey, Richard, I'm sorry, I know it too. What is your last name? My name, uh, last name is Davis. Davis. So Richard, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And also a special shout out to Bethany. She is here with us as well. Um, like I said, this has been, it's been a shenanigans, it's been shenanigans getting this, this whole thing put together and it just has worked out so perfectly. Um, we had everything set up in one room and then we realized the internet connection was no good. We moved to a different room and yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun so far. So, but now we're, we're being really good sports. Now we're rolling. We have, uh, let's just make sure the people know we have Richard Davis, our fantastic bartender for him, Indy. And you have now made Bethany like this mystery woman. Okay. She is, uh, can I, Richard, can I say your better half? Uh, no, she is my equal half. Equal I would never half. Say better half. Equal better half. half just sounds so cringe. I like that. No, I like that. I'm going with the cliche there, and I appreciate the correction. Um, and Bethany is here to kind of help us out with some of the production, so appreciate that. Um, Richard, tell us a little bit about why you came on the show. I'm not sure exactly what cocktail we're doing because it sounds like we're doing a few. So uh, tell yeah. us how you found us and why you're here tonight. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I reached out to Mike uh, through my friend Genevieve. Uh, she has been a patron at my bar for the last couple of years, and we've been able to grow a, a friendship and a relationship uh, through that time just based off of uh, uh, trying new spirits. And actually, the first time I ever met her, I had her try uh, an infused whiskey that I had, but was unaware that she was vegan, and I gave her a bacon fat whiskey. She told me, <laughs> she told me that. Story. I did. She's great. <laughs> so that's how I met her. So. I felt really bad about that and then just told her to come in the next time and I promised I would impress her with new ingredients and new items and since then we've actually done a friendship and a relationship from there. Yes. And uh, she's absolutely wonderful. Uh, it's it's always great to see her and she has a ton of positive energy. So she's the one that reached out uh, to Mike and then sent me information and then we've linked up since awesome. then. Awesome. Well, cheers, yeah, cheers to Genevieve right now. I yeah, mean, I know yeah, we don't all Genevieve. have a, yeah, a drink yeah. in hand yet, but cheers to Genevieve. And I love yeah. that a friendship started with a mistake. Those Ooh, are the best yeah. kind. Those are the best kinds of interactions, I, I felt man. So bad about that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just been out here since I've been in Indianapolis, uh, hitting the bars and harassing bartenders. And I was talking to Genevieve while we were having a drink, and she, I was like explaining the, the podcast and everything. And it's like, if you, hey, if you know anybody, she's like, oh, you got You got to go talk to Richard. So she, we, we got linked up, and he told, he tells me he's, he's working at this. Um, place called Wise Guy Lounge here on, on Mass Ave in Indianapolis, which awesome great place, name. by the way. If anybody if anybody's visiting the Indianapolis area, Mass Ave has all these really cool bars and uh, really nice restaurants. We just went to Mesh and had like a delicious steak and everything. It's, it's a really, really cool street, uh, cool area. Anyway, she tells me he's at this craft cocktail bar called uh, Wise Guys. So we actually walked by it uh, when we went to coming back from Mesh, I'm looking for it the whole time. I can't see it. And we passed a place called Goodfellas, but it's just a pizza joint. And I'm like, okay, that's definitely not it. So we go back to the hotel, yada, yada, yada. I finally get back and I'm following Google Maps again. Like maybe it just fucked up. And uh, it brings me back to Goodfellas. And I start asking people on the street. And they're like, no, no, it's, you have to go in through the restaurant. So I walk into this little pizza joint. And just turn a corner, and I walk into this beautiful craft cocktail. Oh, it was like it was like a, it was like, it was like a speakeasy. Okay. It was like, it was kind of like a little speakeasy, you know, to where you you couldn't see it. They have a bunch of windows in the front of the Goodfellas Pizza place, but I mean, you could not tell that there was anything else going on there. And I walk in, and there's torches going and shakers, and this beautiful little lounge area. And yeah, there I see Richard sitting on the you know at the at the bar. So 
I guess the rest is history at this point in time. So yeah, my bar almost feels like my golf course at the same time. So uh, I find myself working there and spending my uh, leisure time in there at the same time yeah. too. So that's a good. Well, I can understand why. That is a very good metaphor. I like that. I yep. I've always uh, yeah I'm a big golfer myself. And anytime you go to the course, right? It's like the club pros. They never leave. It's like they sleep on the ninth hole or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so. I want to give you the stage, Richard. I, I, I'm so happy that you came on, and it, it's a testament to you that people in the streets say you have to interview this guy. So uh, I'm excited to hear all the great stories, but um, it's also a testament to uh, you being probably perfect for the service industry that you were ready to go at the drop of a, a drop of a hat. So we appreciate it. Um, yeah, and before we get into to that, I, I have to apologize, people. I didn't tell you what the drink is because I'm not entirely sure what <laughs> so the drink is. So let's get right to it. Yeah, let's so get right when, to it. When, when I went and picked him, when I went and met him at the bar, he's like, all right, I got all my stuff. This guy's like a fucking alchemist, mad scientist. He's got all these concoctions and bottles. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, Steve is not going to be able to make this fucking drink. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you, you texted me that. And I'm sitting there like, I, I actually got a little offended. I got competitive. So, I was so like, I, I guess, can do it. Come on. I guess the first one we were talking about doing just a whiskey highball. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, cool. So, so, like, for me, I love to make beautiful cocktails. Uh, I do not require beautiful cocktails in my free time. So, like, while I'm happy to make awesome, beautiful things for the masses, when I go home, I, I'm tired of cleaning glassware and I don't want to do any work. So, I love a good classic whiskey highball. So, it's just whiskey or bourbon with soda water and a lemon. Easy peasy. You still get all the wonderful flavor out of bourbon. But sometimes I'm dehydrated after a 10-hour shift. And I kind of need to rehydrate at the same time. So uh, I brought both along. So I'm going to make a craft cocktail for you uh, that I call a certain shade of green. Uh, it is date-infused genipi, which is an alpine herbal liqueur. It's gin, lemon oleosaccharum, and then hip milk that I made as well with some mint. And then I'm going to burn a bay leaf as a garnish on that cocktail. So that's what we're going to be doing here because I, I, if I go somewhere and I'm talking about cocktails, I always want to highlight what I can do and bring to a cocktail that has never really been done before. But in the sidearm, I want a whiskey highball just to something to sip on in the meantime. Too. There you so, go. Yeah. So, you know, in, in, in you know, so many words, Steve, suck it. I get some delicious craft cocktails <laughs> I am tonight in, created by Richard. Nope. And you can enjoy yourself a nice little yep. highball. All right. Also, I made sure to bring some uh, house-made peanut butter tequila that we can do a shot here that we do in the bar as well. So our theory with the bar that I work at is we would much rather hand make flavored ingredients as opposed to go purchasing handmade like get an infused yeah. peanut yeah. butter whiskey yeah, yeah. like I, if I, I want like a citrus vodka i can just make it myself if yeah i, I, I love radish gin I, I, yeah. I love that mindset um you know i think some of the best you know if i'm really going out and seeking out a good cocktail the best cocktail bars um you know believe in that same sentiment so for the people who are listening along and drinking along we are going to put together this shit you call it a shade of green Right now. Yes, a certain shade of green. Yes. A certain shade of green right now. And Richard's going to kind of slowly walk you through that. But for those of you uh, that don't have hemp milk on hand and might be joining me with my sidearm, <laughs> um, we are going to be doing Knob Creek bourbon tonight. Um, Richard has a special bottle, part of their 25th anniversary collection, I believe. I think you said it's the 120 proof. Um, yes. I, I, we actually have a barrel select from our bar for Wise Guys, which we have bought all sorts of different barrels. And we have them highlighted from Weller and Eagle Rare to Knob Creek to cool. Old Pepper, uh, Jefferson's. We have all sorts of them. But uh, my personal favorite is one that you actually can't get anymore. It's a nine-year barrel-aged Knob Creek that comes out at 120 proof. And in all honesty, does not drink like 120 proof. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, personally, I like 100 proof whiskeys and up because if I'm gonna drink whiskey, I'm not gonna play around. Uh, I'm just getting straight to the point, but this 120 is just phenomenal. Wonderful sweet notes with dark aromas of the, the wood uh, in there, and it's just, it's absolutely fantastic. Hey man, jet fuel never tasted so good. That's the truth. But for those of you <laughs> that those of you that can't get your hands on a bottle of that, um, I have just a classic bottle of Knob Creek, nine year aged here. You know, it's a hundred proof straight Kentucky uh, bourbon, a little bit of soda water, and lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon juice, and that that'll be our sidearms for tonight. I'm visualizing a T-shirt where somebody's like, you know, in a pistol duel, but. Make sure you bring your sidearm, and they got their they got their little whiskey glass there too. So, um, uh, for those of you listening along, why don't you mix up that cocktail? Richard's going to take us through a certain shade of green right now. Yep. So, uh, with this cocktail that I've made, um, I've got a date infused gin and peel, which once again is an Al- alpine herbal liqueur. Then I balance it out with some gin to bring that proof down a little bit. This whole thing off here. <laughs> I wish you people could see this. This is, this is great here. So, uh, lemon oleo saccharum goes into this. So, essentially, what that is is we peel, you can do this with any kind of citrus. Yeah. Uh, Make sure Bethany's taking pictures citrus, here, uh, people. The, sorry, the rind's off of there. And then you'll soak it in sugar for 24 to 48 hours. And what that sugar actually winds up doing uh, is it pulls all of the oils out of the rinds of the citrus. And then makes a sweet little sloppy mess of just some weird, <laughs> it just looks honestly weird. It really does. But then after you take care of that, uh, you'll mix it in with water and you almost make this simple syrup that has all these beautiful flavors of your citrus, but you can get it in there without putting the juice in the cocktail. Uh, the hemp milk itself, I was just on a random grocery store trip and came across whole hemp seeds. Uh, and I was like, man, I could probably do something cool with this. So found out that you can make hemp milk with it. And essentially, you can take a quarter cup of whole hemp seeds with two cups of water, blend that for a minute, and then strain it all out, and you get hemp milk. So this gives you an. You earthy... even made your own hemp milk. Yeah, like, I made that's my own how hemp milk. that's yeah, how you know scientific and surgically yes. is about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just go on like random tangents and rabbit holes and just research things and find out I can do something and just do it. Very cool. So. Uh, from there, essentially, you wind up getting this creamy and earthy flavored profile of a liquid that you're able to put in cocktails as well, which helps round out and balance out a beautiful yeah. cocktail. Uh, so, I essentially, think... I add all those ingredients together. I'm going to add ice to it and shake. Hold on, Steve. He's got his headphones off. Boom. Bitchick's hand. Mike, point the mic toward the shaker. I really want to hear that. Oh, I can pick it up. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while, while Richard is pouring these out here, um, I'd love to get a little bit of background on, on the name, but I'm going to fill with some of our history for the week, which is uh, our background on Knob Creek. So while he's preparing these l- last little yeah. bits of the cocktail, um, for any of you Knob Creek drinkers out there that are not enjoying this wonderful A Certain Shade of Green, um, you know, I, I, I dug into a little bit of the history of this particular bourbon. It's part of the Jim Beam family. It's a, you know, a cousin of the, of the Booker's and the Baker series, um, originally launched in 1992 in this wave of, of kind of higher end single batch, small batch bourbons that, that started to hit the States in the late eighties, early nineties, and kind of was one of those ones, um, that, that set the tone for the industry. 
Some of the things that I thought were so cool about it is the original master distiller of Knob Creek, a guy named Fred No, has some amazing whiskey roots. This guy is not only the founder of Knob Creek, but he is the son of Booker No, who is the grandson of the actual Jim Beam. So he, he really nice. traces his ba- uh, roots back to some bourbon and whiskey royalty. Um and, and some of the other cool things about this particular drink as opposed to, um, you know, a lot of the other bourbons out on the market, um, it actually had, even though it was only produced as Knob Creek since 1992, Mike, this will shock you a little bit, it has a roots as an actual um, distillation recipe back into the 1800s. Uh, Jim oh, really? Beam actually bought this recipe from the Penn, Maryland Distilling Company no way. Based in Frederick, Maryland. So well, look at that. Be- All coming back home. Believe it or not, Knob Creek uh, has some of its earliest roots. Not not in its current form, but some of its earliest ever mm-hmm. roots uh, in, in the state of Maryland, which I found uh, really endearing, you know, near and dear to my yeah. heart here as we broadcast from Baltimore. So, um, Very cool. And, and one more tale. One more tale before we move on from the Knob Creek. Knob Creek is the actual name of a real river that runs through Kentucky. And allegedly, this creek ran through the through Abraham Lincoln's family farm. Now, it's a bit of myth, a bit of legend, a bit of uh, old folks tale, but a lot of people say um, that Abraham Lincoln's father actually worked at the original uh, distillery uh, back in the day in Kentucky. Now, that would have been the Jim Beam distillery, but still, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, you know, we just had uh, we just had our buddy Duke on a, a few episodes back. He is a Abraham Lincoln reenactor. Um, so, who thought Abraham Lincoln was going to make another appearance on this podcast, and this time in the history section uh, of a wonderful, wonderful American-made bourbon? So, you should see it's we've got like an Instagram party going on over here. Yeah. These beautiful drinks, and you, you tell me uh, these are vintage glasses as well, right? Yeah, these are vintage glasses from 1929. Actually, uh, they're beautiful pink translucent art deco mini coupes so they're wonderful found them in a nice vintage shop but i'm always shopping for old school well he was telling me at the bar he literally brings his bar equipment into the bar that he works at at uh, speakeasy lounge so he's like pulling stuff away he's like yeah i got this as a gift (laughs) that's the that's the test of a man who truly loves his craft you know i've worked with some incredible incredible chefs over the years um that you know, they come in with a full suitcase, right? They got their knives, their cutting boards, yeah. their... He's got his portable oh bartender God. stuff, yeah. which yeah. I should have, honestly. But anyway. Got all my own gear. I brought in a uh, ISI soda uh, soda maker. So I have my own soda water in-house here as well. Awesome. All right, well, why don't you yeah. uh, uh, kind of give us the final bits of assembly here? And then, you know, I'd love to get an idea of... Um, this is your cocktail, right? Like, you originated this. Yes. Uh, so one of the perks of the bar that I work at is with every season, uh, we create a new cocktail menu. And as a staff, we all get to present our own personal cocktails. Uh, if they get cleared by our ownership, which I love the guys, I've built a relationship with them over the last two years and they give me the freedom to do whatever I want, which is wonderful. Uh, but if it kind of passes theirs, then we get to put our name on the cocktail on the menu as well. Cool. Um, yeah, That's really I, cool. I have a handful yeah. of my own that are on the menu right now, nice. uh, which I'll definitely tell you a story of like how that all kind of happened later on down the road. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this cocktail that I have now, uh, I love it. And then you also wind up for a garnish with a, you put a bay leaf on here. 
And if you wind up torching the bay leaf with intense heat with like a brulee torch, I'll actually make a wonderful sound here, which I'm gonna example for you right now. Oh, look so at that. So you like fireworks to go along with your <laughs> cocktail too. Yeah. See, now that is a first date cocktail right there. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what, you man. You take the lady out. Yeah. It's drinks in, it's drinks in a show. Now, uh, Richard, I got to ask are. I got to ask you why, you know, I can't really see the cocktail right now. It's out of frame for me, but I assume a certain we'll shade show it to you. I'm I assume a certain shade of green um, refers to the the color uh, that this drink comes out to, but why that name in particular? Were you strong? Oh, yeah. So w when I was making this cocktail per uh, specifically, I was just thinking about the, all the herbs that can get out of here, uh, the the bay leaf, the hemp milk, and then also just a nod to my personal favorite song from my favorite band, Incubus. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So like if I just uh, find little personal references I get to throw into this and name cocktails, that's 100% what I'll do. I'm a huge Incubus fan too, and I didn't want to assume, but I, I had kind of a weird inkling that maybe that had something to do with it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, actually all the tattoos that are on my left arm are visual representations of lyrics from the band Incubus. That's so. killer. Very man. cool. That's killer. Yeah. yeah. I only have one uh, tattoo, and it's on my ass, and we've put it up on the... On the uh, we have. I've seen that. Yes. Very impressive. Well done. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, there's nothing like a podcast where you've Thanks seen so. the host's ass before you've seen his face, right? That's always ha. a good... That's always a fun show to be on. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Steve. We're with you in spirits. Cheers, boys. Enjoy yourselves. Mmm. That is very good. Right? Hey, Mike. I'm trying, because... Yeah, hey, I know. I know. Hey, you're Mike. Theater of the mind. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike, yeah. I hate your fucking guts, just FYI. I just wanted to... <laughs> yeah. All right. It is a tasty beverage. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep it rolling here. Richard, tell us a little about... We're going to move into what we call our drinked-in, right? You know, I was just going to say, though, I do like that because I just want to try and describe it just a little bit. Thank you. Uh, it, is, it, it, does, it is very sweet forward at, at the front, but then it does... It, it kind of rolls in with the complexity at the back end where you do get to taste... Uh, the whiskey, and, and you get that on, on the back end of that. Oh, uh, Genopy and Gin are in there. So oh, Genopy and Gin. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at the bottle of Knob Creek right now. I'm sorry. See, that, there's my wonderful review for you guys. Ah. The, the whiskey tastes like gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Shut the hell up. All right. Uh, just kidding. Um, while you guys enjoy those cocktails, uh, Richard, tell us a little bit about your drinking, right? You know, when we think um, – you know, of, of the working professional life and coming up in a career, you know, everybody's flexing on LinkedIn. So this is where, this is really the industry LinkedIn, right? So first, how did you first ever get into the business? Second, tell us just, highlight some of the positions you've held. And then third, where are you now? Which you've touched oh, on, but, you know, I'd love to hear kind of really the, the, yeah, the whole story. It's what, what we call our drinking category. How many yeah, times so are we going to say that? <laughs> I thought you said LinkedIn. I didn't hear you. Sorry. I, I drink it. Oh, okay, my bad. Apparently, actually, I'm just missing here, guys. Dude, actually, one of my favorite parts about telling people how I got into bartending, uh, my father actually told me a story back in the day that he said, the only reason I ever had with you was so you can go fetch me a beer. <laughs> and I said, joke's on you, my friend. You made a hell of a bartender. That's right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so... Uh, Ultimately, like I started out in high school, my first job was in a restaurant and I was doing the, uh, the busser, the dishwasher, all the grunt work that you do to get into the restaurants. Um, from there, uh, what was that place? Hold on, hold on. What was that place called? Cause I want to know, we always want to know where the humble roots started. Yeah. <laughs> that place was uh, called Jonathan Burge cafeteria. Oh um, Lord. It was, yeah, it was a straight up starch fest of food. Uh, you could walk in there and you could smell it and feel it uh, on you when you left. Oh my God. Uh, 
It was a wonderful okay. spot at the time. Uh, I was I was definitely into the religion, and they had a Christian community background, so I joined them for that purpose as well. Uh, needless to say, throughout my lifetime in bartending, I have definitely had grown different observations about life and religion and uh, fun stuff of that nature. Um, so went and grew through that. Then I worked at a fast food restaurant called Fazoli's, and then I did Chuck E. Cheese after that, where I definitely was the rat. No <laughs> way. Dead serious. Nice. Yes, Get out of here. Uh, that all ended with one day when I went to give a kid a hug. He looked at me, walked me up, and punched me square in the nuts. <laughs> yep. Fell, fell forward, head fell off, started crawling away. Other, other staff were laughing at me. And I'm just like, help. I just, I, my, my, my sack is in my stomach and I just cannot speak two words. Well, and you, you can tell how you feel about that. Because you don't say, I was Chuck E. Cheese. You're like, I was the rat. I was the, rat. <laughs> I was the fucking rat, man. Uh, you know, uh, there, there are things you try in life and then realize that it's not for you. And then you start to make standards of life. Just not letting yourself go through that anymore. I have to tell you. I have to tell you. I, we're only just becoming friends right now. But your mental resolve, my friend, I'm incredibly impressed by it. To it's it's not just the trauma of getting punched in the nuts. It's the head falling off. It's the crawling. It's the people laughing. The coworkers, your 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 yes. teammates laughing at you in your greatest dire time of need. I mean, that's the type of thing that could scar a person for life. That's the type of PTSD that can really warp somebody's sensibilities. And you've you've clearly recovered. You know, rebounded with amazing resolve. Uh, I like to just say that that's high school, where a lot of people, think, yeah, that's that's 100% high school in a nutshell. Yeah, I was where fat. people think it's like, so, yeah. yeah, it's the biggest thing of your life, but it's only the biggest thing of your life because that's the biggest thing you've experienced at that point. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people, we all grow past that and it only becomes a small part. So when somebody goes, where'd you go to high school? I'm like, ah, dude, that's half a lifetime ago. I yeah. don't care anymore. It's great perspective. Yeah. Great perspective. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so from there, uh, started working at TGI Fridays. That was my first serving job as a restaurant. Uh, and then watching the flair of those bartenders like really ignited that passion for me to become a bartender. And at the time I was going to school as well, but like just working at a restaurant and talking to people and making cocktails and showing people a great time seemed like an awesome opportunity for a career. Um, and as I've grown through that career, I've realized I'm, I'm more capable of expressing myself and who I am and creating an art form that is for me and myself than any other profession that I probably could have approached and challenged on. So, um, from from Chiche Factory, I, I ran a nightclub that I'm super happy to share some stories about those. And I was a manager of a nightclub at the age of 21, which is just... The recipe for disaster. Uh, so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. There's so many good stories, but I learned a lot through that time frame. Mike, uh, Mike, just, Mike and I at 21 were living together drinking $11 bottles of whiskey out of a, a plastic leader sitting on our back porch shooting rats with a BB gun. The yeah, idea of having have, that. We could not have managed a, Yeah, the uh, idea of having club. that <laughs> responsibility. Christ oh, my God. Yeah, it, and it was an ultra lounge spot, so we're doing bottle service. I'm creating martinis because that's all the rage about 15 years ago. Which is just the most inefficient glassware in the world, anyways. <laughs> no doubt. But every cocktail that I had on the menu is a sugar bomb. Um, I, I sometimes wish I still had a menu of that just to look back and go, oh, I've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> to really reflect uh, on the journey, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shortly after that, I worked in a small bar that was on a suburb area of the city, which I lasted about three months and I was out of there. Uh, from there, I actually uh, helped create a promotion and consulting company where we threw nightclub parties. We helped bars and restaurants open, created their menus, created their uh, training pro, uh, programs as well. And then the housing economy collapsed and that kind of ruined that mm. entire industry. Um, so from there, went to Maggiano's and then Cheesecake Factory, which I spent eight years with them. Uh, was a head trainer for about five years for them. Traveled the country, got to open different Cheesecake Factories. 
Uh, and then went to the management route of that. And then about two years of that, I realized that management is not for me. I'm like, I'm very good at managing myself. Just don't care about managing other people. <laughs> um, yeah, so then came back to Indy, did a bit of fine dining, uh, worked at one bar here on Mass Ave and helped them out. And then I got poached from that bar to mm -hmm. work at the bar I'm at currently. And it's been by far the best situation I've ever been a part of in my career. Can, can I dig? Can I dig in on that for a second? I mean, please you, do. Yeah, you, yeah. You just used one of my favorite words in this business: poached. Man, poached. when I when yep. I come across a good bar employee, restaurant employee, I will do whatever I have to do to convince them to come work with me, for me, at our bar. I mean, I I want to amass as much talent as possible. So I do too. My yeah. question to you is this. Who was doing the poaching? Were they a regular? Was it an owner of this establishment you work at now? What was that relationship? That's an inter always an interesting dynamic. Yeah, she was actually the bar manager. Her name is Danielle, and she's still a dear friend of mine. She's no longer with the company. Okay. Uh, but I, I looked up to her because I, I watched her make cocktails, and Wise Guys, where I'm at now, was my favorite bar at that time, and I built a pseudo relationship with a handful of the people there. So they knew you, uh, they knew you as a patron as well. Yeah, and they also knew that I worked two blocks away from them okay. as well. Okay, all right. So Danielle one day came in for lunch, and we're hanging out, shooting the shit. And then at towards the end of that, she goes, "Hey, Richard, so are you ready to come work for me?" <laughs> I said, "Danielle, I thought you would never ask." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, please. One thousand times. I yes. am so ready to come work for you. Give me, so, give me two seconds to quit. All right, you know, I'll go. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, I, I told her, I was like, I, I dialed down my availability for the other bar and went to her bar after my shift to do the application and go through the, 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 the interview process. Right. Right. Yeah. That was just uh. so uh, why do you want to be here? I'm like, you know why um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. You should say the interview process because um, we've touched on this at times in, in this business uh, or in, in this podcast about the business. Um, but one of the things that's interesting about the bar uh, industry, restaurant industry and hospitality in general, a resume only goes so far. It's so merit based. It is so, Absolutely. what is your, value what can you do what is your ability how available are you i mean it, these are things that are wholly tangible and can be conveyed on paper but that is not necessarily the way you move up in this business is yep. how you look on paper and i love that yep. about this business it's so so much a meritocracy especially if you can fall in with good management that recognizes that so yes. that's an awesome story so that's uh, what and, and that's where you are now exclusively is that wise guys yeah. uh, i work at wise guys but i also do private events as well okay uh i do offer my service to help curate menus as well for other bars and restaurants that's awesome uh, so yeah so i do find myself a little bit busy on the outside of the bar working for myself i also uh i'm working on building an instagram page as well so where you talk about a resume I'll only get you so far <laughs> wonderful thing about social media and yeah. imagery is you're able Ooh. to create your own resume off of photos and visuals and videos. So if anybody wants to hire you for a vent, you can just show them, here you go, this is what I do. And you can hand over your phone and they just scroll through all your stuff and like, oh, okay, yes. Yeah. You got you got a really kick-ass business card too. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much, I appreciate it, yeah. We'll, we'll have to put a picture up of it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's classic. Is I it like just it. a shot of whiskey that he pulls out of his pocket and he hands it <laughs> <you? laughs> That would be awesome. What's, the, what's this behind your ear? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I always have it on me. It is a oh, scorpion a coming out of a cocktail glass oh, with a, a crown on its head. I like that. And on the back, it just has my Instagram and phone number. I love the thin cut, I love that. Very simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. agree. Um, give, uh, give, give people the Instagram handle for those that cannot see this visually, just so they yes, know. Yes, the, the Instagram handle is Richard That Bartender. 
Love it. Thanks. Pretty easy. Yeah. Love it. Richard, that bartender. Right. I am also that bartender. You, also, your OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, yeah, about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, if, if you go to OnlyFans.com backslash Richard, that bartender, you might find me a you know we we should, stiff yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's hilarious because Steve and I have joked for so many of. Okay, wait. Okay. Steve's waving me off. No, don't don't tell him that we're joking. Let's do a bar, Let's do an OnlyFans collaboration. Let's all get oh together God. in a room and KY Jelly Wrestle or something. I don't know. Is it busy? We'll figure it out we'll figure it well, out well uh we'll, we'll show them how to make a true cocktail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right now i wish i was the one on remote okay <laughs> but mike you look that so cute great. tonight all right um, Thanks. Yeah, I need all, a right. Fucking haircut, man. all right um well dude that's awesome i love uh can you do you want to tell uh people some of the days that you're at wise guys in case they want to come check it uh you know check in try some of these cocktails Oh, certainly. I would definitely suggest following my Instagram page because I do post when I work on there. Because awesome. uh, we all know that in the industry, we have a very flexible schedule. And that's one of the very intriguing yep. things about this industry that I still love to this day. Uh, so seems like I work most Saturday nights. Um, but it just kind of always fluctuates from there. Uh, sometimes I'll do a Wednesday night. I'll do a Thursday night. I'll be the only bartender there myself. But I'm putting out the bat signal, letting people know. And unfortunately, I've kind of, kind of caught that reputation where people put their heads in the bar. They'll look around, like, Rich is not here? Yeah. Oh, okay. We're good, and we'll bail. Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, it's unfortunate because I got really good talent behind the bar, and I want them to enjoy the yeah. other people I've been yeah. helping build look, up. Man, I, I, look, man, yeah. high tide raises all ships. I've always found that the best when, – when I go to a new city, the best cities for cocktails are ones where it's very hard to, to, to sustain your product unless you're willing to compete at the high level. And I think the exact same thing is the truth behind the bar. A, a, a bartender that is sought after like that, right, that sets the tone. Anybody else that wants to grab a customer's attention has to come with it every night that they're there. And I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I go in there uh, with the attitude that it's probably going to be the best night of my life. Uh, and I'm super excited to be in the bar. I'm super excited to be in front of people. And I'm happy to have a platform to be able to share my craft with people. I love that. Sandy. To help, hopefully help elevate their days or make – like be the icing on the cake for a great day. See, Richard, he resonates with you where the, the behind the bar is his stage. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and that's something that you love so much. And, and I can see that in both of you. So yeah. I think that's really cool. And the good news is if they want to come in and you're not working that night, there's a good chance you might be sitting at the bar. So. Very good point. Yeah. Right. I, I will most likely be starting my day there. I will definitely not finish my day there. <laughs> well, good. All right. Well, without further ado, my friend, you have made it to what we call the gauntlet okay these are the top 10 questions we ask every bartender it's intense we're gonna really twist the screws on you so are you ready richard dude he's got fucking notes oh man. i got notes i listen to one of your podcasts i start going through my own stories i'm ready i love i love these guests that come prepared man i swear to god <laughs> i swear to god I, the next time we have somebody that doesn't come with notes we need to just pause and say okay you have to listen to one of these episodes before we, we move any further Probably not really. Yeah, it's all right. Our, our first guests were great, and there was no fucking episodes to listen Mike, you, to. You were, Mike, you were our first guest, okay? It, I think, I think some it people are a little bit more play-it-by-ear, freestyle. This motherfucker, he's got a plan, all right? He's, he's got he's got alchemy shit with him. He's got you know rolls of stuff. He's yes. ready to rock Richard, and roll. Richard, so. clearly, clearly you excel at organization, and I envy that in you. As somebody that has spent uh, almost a decade in the corporate world and still, still does all of his notes handwritten, okay, I envy the oh, organization, yeah. my friend. I really do. Uh, 
I always like to say there's no such thing as high maintenance, only low effort. <laughs> I love that. Well, you're not going to get that out of us tonight. Let's go <laughs> right into it. Right into it. Uh, Let's go. Okay, this is The Gauntlet. All right, Richard, we are here. We have the gauntlet. Question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. These can be about your fellow employees. These can be about customers. But it's really just pet peeves and misconceptions about this business. Oh, uh, wonderful. Actually, one of my pet peeves in this business has to come more along the lines of the social interaction of the guests. So my biggest thing is when people set boundaries and they wind up crossing those boundaries or trying to find out how far they can push those boundaries. Uh, so, for example, um, I got a wonderful friend of mine who like, we built a relationship through my bar. Uh, a gentleman approached her and asked to buy her a shot. Uh, she politely refused and said no. Uh, then this patron decided to come and try and grab me and says, hey, I'm trying to get this girl to do a shot with me, but she keeps saying no. Is there any chance you can help me convince her? I'm like, my friend, I'm pretty positive that no means no. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I, I hate to be the person to tell you that, but like, you gotta learn a lesson. I'm, I'm happy to sell you a shot, but I will definitely not be giving her a shot at this point. So, and then he's like, okay, I can do that. I'll just take a shot. He does a shot, winds up leaving. I look at my friend, I go, hey, you need that shot now. She's like, fuck yes, please. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. What did he think he was going to, like, do you think you were going to walk over and be like, look, I talked to him and you really need to reconsider the shot, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's for your health, yeah, yeah, it's, for the, it's all for the best. Like, what, what the fuck are you supposed to do? That is absurd. I don't know. I, it's, it's rough for me. So I actually wind up, uh, uh, I'm capable of giving people advice in those situations because we are all taught as a human race that never to take no for an answer. So when anybody actually says no, so almost everybody has a rebuttal for that. a double down, right? A double down. Yeah. To get people to try and get them to transition. So instead of saying no, say I am unavailable for that. Cause most people never understand how to react to it. They'll be like, I'm unavailable for that. They go, huh? Uh, oh, oh, okay. All right then. So, and then they head off. Tried to buy this girl a drink. She was fucking unavailable. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm still confused. I'm just going to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that actually works for most people because most people get confused and then clam up and then scurry off. Uh, however, on the other side, if you do want to do something, saying that you are available to do that comes off even stronger than a yes. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I like, oh, I'm available for that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I like that. Um, I, got, I, got, I have a totally different vein to go in here. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just curious. So the patron that was um, being kind of an ass, not having the, the, the social awareness here, who wanted to buy the girl the drink, had you seen him before? Uh, no, I had not. Okay, so new, new to new to, and this happened at Wise Guys. Am I yeah. correct in saying? Also, with, also with due respect, I do see hundreds of people sure. a day. So he may have so been in there. He may have been in there, but I'm just saying you didn't know him, correct? You definitely no, no, remember them after they come up and ask you to convince somebody to accept, you know, yeah, their oh, advances. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, I know, that I know stick, that sticks now. out of the memory after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, to your point about uh, understanding the social aspect of a bar and crossing the line, or or understanding how far you can push it, I will say this: right, there have been a lot mm -hmm. of bars that I've worked at where if I have a regular that I know very well, and I know that person's personality, especially if they're shy, I'll play wingman for that person in the sense that I'll try to be sweet about it. I'll, I'll say, okay, maybe this person wants to send you a drink, not if they've already rejected those advances yeah, multiple obviously. times, yes. for sure. But I, I just mean, um, 
you know, and I'm and I'm talking on both directions. I will try to spark conversation amongst my patients and uh, patrons, and really kind of uh, uh, be the, the the person fostering social interaction. However, yeah, but like oh, you absolutely. have the control in that situation because you know the people. Right, and you're right, like right. vouching for a good person. Well, and that's the know? other thing is there are certain yeah. there are plenty of people that are good that are good regulars that no chance I'm introducing exactly, them to yeah. another person because yeah. I know that yeah. they, I know their whole their whole evil right. Yeah. But um, I will say this. How are you going to come in cold to the bartender and ask him to be your wingman? I mean, you better at least, uh, like, drop a 50% tip up front on that one. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, come on, man. Worse, come on. Slip him a $100 bill and be like, hey, man, can you, can you get her yeah. that shot for me? I, I, still, I have so many I still would have so said no in your about shoes. inappropriate questions. I yeah, still yeah. would have said no, no in, in your shoes just because she said no, but still. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consent is mandatory. Um, If she says no, then it's a fucking no no matter yeah. what. So. No, and money will never be the answer to that riddle. No. Yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. But it, that, that seemed that struck me as very odd. Is not only is he breaking those boundaries with her, he's breaking the boundary with you, man. Like you're a bartender, you're not here to be his matchmaker. Yeah. You don't run his mm. Tinder account. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> not only that, I have no idea who this guy is, and I know who she is. Yeah. I will never yeah. vouch for Come a random on, stranger man. to a Come friend on. I know. Mm. But yeah, that's never. That's a solid one. We've actually never we've never had that one on the pod. I think we need to. I love that we're branching out to some of these other interactions that are not necessarily um, about trans or, or not necessarily transactional. I think a lot of our guests, mm-hmm. when they hear pet peeves, they go transactional. It's the relationship between the server and the table, the bartender mm-hmm. and the the p- person in the bar seat, or their their fellow coworker. So I liked that. That was very that was an interesting kind of take on that question. But um, Thank you. all right, how about number two? Bet best tips and worst tips. Um, these okay, could, uh, go, go in, no, 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 just go any direction. Yeah. You want Inter- dude, trust me, we, me yeah. and Steve, we talk too much on this fucking podcast. All right. Me, oh, me I'll, mostly. I'll talk for you. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll talk all day. Uh, so let, let me see here. Uh, best tips recently. Uh, we had the national championship game here in Indianapolis between Georgia and Alabama. Uh, I worked myself on a Sunday night. We didn't have a bar back. Um, just didn't, I don't, we didn't have enough staff at the time, so I was happy to work it by myself, and I'm able to run that. Uh, I made a significant amount of money that evening, uh, but one of the best tips came from a guy that gave me a tip, and then after he tipped me really well, he tried to get a free pour of a high-end bourbon from us. And I'm just like, oh, my, my friend, there's a, there's, a, there's a fine line around here, and I appreciate you taking care of me, but this business also pays me and allows me to be here. So this is not my whiskey to give away. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot give you a free hundred dollar pour of whiskey. Like that's just not going to happen. So I had to explain to him. He's like, "Oh, come on, man." It's like, "My friend, I thank you for taking care of me, but I also have a business to run here." So like, could have been reasonable. Could have been somewhere around there, but he just asked for a little bit too much. I did give him a little bit of a free pour of five dollar whiskey for sure. There you go. I took care of him. Yeah. But the the amount of whiskey he was asking for was just a bit of a challenge. Well, and see, that's a weird situation because the guy takes really good care of you. Oh, I thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yeah. then he's like, Yeah, but can I get a little something yeah. else on on the side yeah, yeah, yeah. there? Which actually, if you listen to uh, Meg's episode, wasn't it Meg that she got a really good tip from that guy? And then he was like, Oh yeah, but I want you to be my date. Yeah. To this come. Is the and it's like, what, dude? It kind of it kind of makes the the really nice tip mean less. It's like, were you yeah. trying to get something out of this? Like, you know. Yeah. There's a precursor a for yeah yeah. yeah there have been really a lot of times it. where it does feel like there's an expectation there right like hey I'm gonna give you a hundred dollar tip and then I'm gonna ask for something a lot of times you're right if it's a reasonable cost um, I'll put it on my comp check or places where I didn't have a comp check I'll take it out of that tip you just gave me I still get a great tip 
and 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 I'll yep. cover it there. And and then here you go. You got quote unquote your free whiskey, but you still paid for it. Now, yeah. I like how you handled it because of the deflection. You you mm-hmm. made it more about responsibility and less about a no. It's kind of like what you were just saying with the available mm-hmm. and unavailable. Like I am a bartender. I'm a you know. Um, I'm a shepherd of this business and, and this establishment. Like I am unavailable to give you free one hundred dollar whiskey, right? No, so I, yeah. <laughs> it was a good it was a good response how you kind of handled it with the customer to where it sounds like he still went away happy. Yeah, he still had a good time. Uh, my entire bar had a great time. Uh, there was just a lot of crowd who comes in from out of town, and typically when a big crowd comes from out of town, uh, they like to treat it like vacation. And they kind of feel like they can get away with normal things they wouldn't get away with back yeah. at home, which I find quite entertaining on my own side of things. Um, had a ton of fun interactions where we're in a nice, beautiful cocktail lounge where I'm offering 300 different bourbons with beautiful leather couches, exposed bricks. And a gentleman comes up to me that night asking me if I had to put on Motley Crue. <laughs> I was like, I was like, my friend, I was like, don't get me wrong, I love Motley Crue, but this is definitely not that vibe here. He was like, well, this music sucks. And I just looked at him, I go, okay. And he just looked at me weird, and I'm like, my friend, like, I love me some Motley Crue. I've seen him five times live. It's just not that space. It's just not that place. So, um, also, I would have to say, like, a worst tip. Like, I've never really had any... Well, and I was going to ask, are you willing to... Are you willing to um, tell us how much that tip was for? Oh, yeah. He gave me a $100 tip. Nice. Very yeah, cool. he gave me a $100 Solid. tip as well. So Solid. I appreciate it. Yeah. But I wound up making like $850 that night. It was a wonderful oh, yeah. night bartending all by myself. Uh, I would argue that the worst tip I've ever had wasn't actually a bad tip, but it came from the owner who made it the worst tip of my life. Hmm. Um, so it was when I was working at the nightclub. We did bottle service. This is interesting. This, yeah. This was shortly after the Colts had beaten the New England Patriots, like came back and won that game to go to the Super Bowl where they went to Miami to be the Chicago Bears. You're going a little fast for Mike here. So Mike, we're oh, talking sorry. about NFL. Yeah, he's just football. giving me shit because I don't I'm not a Mike, this is oh, you're fine. You're fine. This is this is American football, okay? Um and I don't know it, it, this actually this one rings near and dear to my heart because I'm a Chicago Bears fan. And the only mm. ha- So in your say it was a it was a football versus basketball no, game. No, no, no. Football versus Sports football. Yeah. Football versus football. And and unfortunately the happiest I've got my money on the cheerleaders every time. Man. The happiest Reasonable. I've ever been as a Bears fan was when sexy Rexy uh, Rex Grossman oh, took us yeah. to that 2006 Super Bowl, and in the rain, the opening kickoff, we returned for a touchdown just to get shit on by Peyton Manning and the Colts. Devin so, Hester, man, still yeah. breaks I, still breaks my heart. I think the thing that we can agree upon that Super Bowl is Prince might have delivered the best halftime show of all time. No question about it. No question. See, purple, now, purple now rain, bringing it back in. No, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Prince crushed that man. I'm telling you. I, Beyonce did appear with 11 other Beyonce's during that show. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's completely reasonable. So. I will also <laughs> Prince in the pouring rain. My God, Singing man. purple rain. Yes. Just going for it. Like what, a, <laughs> what a performer. Anyway. All right. We're, we're going on a tangent, but worst tip is, is so, around that Super Bowl, huh? Yeah. So two weeks prior to that on a Sunday night, they had beaten the new England Patriots and we had lined up the after party for that game. So we were anticipating on them on losing, but they came back and had an epic comeback and won. So then we had a mob of people trying to get into our bar. Um, I had a handful of the Colts players, uh, black cards in my suit at that time, buying bottle services, everybody celebrating. Uh, we actually went 
a little bit past the exercise hour to the point where they were banging on the doors and we had them locked and we had to shuffle everybody out of the back of the club to not face any kind of like penalties. And we were just making money hands over fist. So that evening we had gotten a tip from uh, the Colts players that tallied $1,100 for bottle service. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, a wonderful good time. Uh, the owner at the time uh, couldn't, didn't have the cash on hand to be able to cover for whatever was going on. So he gave us $200, which we gave to split between the bottle service uh, team and make sure they were taken care of. Two weeks later, this guy still could not come up with the $900 that was owed to us after this $1,100 tip. And that was how I left the bar. I was like, there was an ethical thing there that I just could not handle. And it just made me extremely sad. Well, and you gave him a lot of leeway too, it sounds like. Yeah, I gave him two weeks to be able to handle this. And we asked him the previous week, he said, I'll have it next week. And we asked him the next week, didn't have it. It's like, best of luck running a bar, my friend. Have a great night. Yeah, that's not how you do business. That's not how. Yeah, yeah, an interesting. Could have been a best tip, but yeah. Yeah, my general manager and I worse, both yeah. left at that same time and wow. took half our staff with us, and it was just the, easy, was the easiest way to lose talent is to yes. either not compensate them properly or fuck with their shifts, dude. Do not yep. fuck with a good person's shifts because they are they are organizing their entire life around that shit if they are mm-hmm. industry professional. Mm-hmm. Those are the two ways that'll get you packing yeah. real quick, so... All right, so I would say those are some of my best tips. Those are some of my worst tips for sure. So. Very good. Well, okay. So I'm actually really excited for this next question. So question number three is worst drink orders. Oh, so there are a few different ways you can go down this, but like, I love to think that, especially, you know, in, in the type of bar that you work at, number one, you're trying all these new uh, concoctions, you know, and trying to really, you know, perfect flavor and, you know, and, and, you know, just the experience of enjoying a cocktail. And I imagine you also have to know how to properly prepare all the classics. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I mean, you, you've really, I would imagine, have that down to a science at this point. So, I, are there some drinks that when people come into your high-end craft cocktail bar and they order, you're just like, you try and be polite, but you just, you're oh, cringing on the inside. Absolutely. I, I have it written in big letters and circled right here. Says L I T Long, Long Island Ice Tea. Yes. God damn it. I, do you, I to be honest with you, like I, I understand different concepts of this. So when people walk into a craft cocktail bar and they order Long Island Ice Tea, most of the time it's because they don't know what they want to get, and so I can sympathize with that. And I, I just politely let the guests know that I've spent ten thousand plus hours behind a bar, and I had to teach a master class on this. The last cocktail you want to get from me is the Long Island Ice Tea, because everybody on the street can make you one. Let me make you something only I can make you. Yes, and great, most, great rebuttal, my friend. Great yes, rebuttal. Mo- uh, ten times out of ten, it'll get people to readjust and go. Yep, Richard, you know you make me something to impress me. I'm like, I'm happy to do such a thing. Uh, also, with Long Island iced teas, most of the time people want to get them to just get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what most people don't know is actually the amount of alcohol that's in a Long Island iced tea is in every single one of my cocktails. So you're going to get there when you're talking. When just for the listeners that are not super informed in in, in maybe the craft spirits side of the business, um, very very intricate craft cocktails do certainly have those additional layers, three, four, five levels of of maybe liqueur, and and you're absolutely right. As compared to a Long Island I see you're getting just as much, if not more, alcohol. Out of a, mm-hmm. a finely crafted um, craft spirit, I think what people don't understand is if you only go to like chilies, uh, <laughs> you, you think to yourself, I can either get the blue raspberry margarita or I can get the Long Island iced tea with 17 shots in it. So, 
Oh man, I yeah, I, um, yeah, and not only that, but we we are fully aware that like as adults, like uh, how a hangover occurs is through two different methods: is from consumption of alcohol and sugar. Like sugar helps dehydrate you, alcohol helps dehydrate you. So if you're mixing essentially sour mix, which is mostly high fructose corn syrup, into your alcohol, there's a very good chance you're going to wind up with a hangover the next day. If you're having a, a margarita from, say, a Chili's, uh, they're not using fresh squeezed lime juice in there. Mm-hmm. They're using sour mix, which is pure sugar and chemicals. Yeah. So it's just only going to lead to a worse morning for you. But I love so, the chemicals. But Richard, <laughs> Richard, I love the chemicals. It tastes they're, so they're, good. They, Can you make really me do. something that tastes as good as the chemicals? At the yeah, chi- sugar, sugar, at the sugar chilies, the Richard. Rim, please, yeah. please. Yeah, absolutely. They got. I, I re- you got that big <laughs> rock salt, Richard. You that, stuck, that, you're stuck in a loop right now. That is stuck it. It's, I'm sorry. It's locked in. It's from the chemicals. <laughs> yeah, still right. in. You've had too many chemicals. No, but I love this because this is ha- this has been a reoccurring theme on this podcast that the Long Island iced tea or the blue motorcycle <laughs> or the garbage can has come back time and time again as a drink that. Bartenders do not want to make. So I, just, I, I love that it rings true with you as well. I've progressed further past my career. And if I'm going to do a long on iced tea, I'm going to make a Coca-Cola reduction. And just all <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yes, go crazy yes. on it. Uh, but, but that's if I decide to go that Didn't route. I'll probably do a Coca-Cola do foam recently? I, I did. I recently did a Coca-Cola reduction foam that yeah. was blended with coffee, Indian lawn peppers, and clove that it turned into a foam to do on top of an old-fashioned. That's yes. a cocoa-infused rum with marshmallow syrup. And uh, what did I use? Uh, was that habanero like- bitter, so that had a touch of spice. So wait, wait, wait. You put on something else for me, though, because I don't like the whiskey. Oh, I know. Uh, I did something completely different for you, but just, <laughs> I honestly don't even remember that one. <laughs> Bethany, I'm not sure if you can hear me, but thank you, for yeah, chi- thank you for chiming in, because it, does that mean that, was that like a s'mores old-fashioned? Is that what that sounded like? Yeah, I've, I've definitely made like s'mores old-fashions before, where I've infused a uh, marshmallow whiskey and then it did a perfumed the cocktail with a graham cracker whiskey because like rims are challenging sometimes, especially if you're doing crackers, you just dissolve and get all yeah. weird and clunky. Yeah. So instead of doing a rim, I perfumed it. So like when you bring it up to your mouth, like you smell like graham cracker and honey. And then you drink, you get the complexity and the roundness of marshmallow. And you get this uh, uh, beautiful chocolate uh, flavors that are shining through. And it's just, it's Awesome. See, I love Richard's the bartender that's gonna make you taste the drink before you even fucking taste the drink. <laughs> all right. That's right, bitches. We we eat we eat with our mouths and our ear, uh, noses first. That's okay, right. so so that's awesome. I our love that we we came back. You know, ring it true. Long Island iced tea, worst drink orders. But now we're gonna get into question number four, Ooh. which is ultimate mistakes and fuck ups. Now these don't have to be yours, but you know. If you have, we'd love for you to share them. Or if you've seen, you know, a coworker, maybe a fellow bartender, you know, really crash and burn, you know, give it to us. Oh, I've got some wonderful stories here about how I have personally made mistakes and fuck ups because I'm happy to talk about my shortcomings. Hey, to be able to do what you're doing, you have to be willing to fail. Oh, yeah, you yeah, You absolutely yeah, of have to. You're never going to get anywhere if you're not willing to oh, do that. Oh, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm afraid to not try. There you fuck. go. Um, Trial and error, baby. That's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my most recent story about failing and fucking up, I have... I accidentally passed off a credit card to the wrong individual. Mm. I gave somebody else the wrong credit card. Classic. So the second person who, like, I accidentally gave this person, like, fortunately enough, the person I gave the wrong credit card to, I knew the person, I had his phone number, I was able to reach out to him and have him bring back the credit card to me. So this guy did not get lost on his credit card. Uh, But when we had to tell this guy he lost his credit card, this guy then broke down to tell us that he had a gambling addiction 
He's bad with money. That's his only card. And he has no money to get back to Chicago if he does not have this card that only has $60 in his account. <laughs> Wait, so instantly what? I'm like, wow, like you just like told me all about your shitty experiences. Like, why are you hanging at a bar going to a concert? Man, you need your shit to check. Like, that's first of all, like, I've got I have got a couple cards. If I lost a card, it's easy to cancel it. I've got backup payments. So I've got Apple Pay, I've got all these other options. Right. I was like, I just ran into a person that is terrible at managing money. And I felt really, really bad about this at the same time. To a point where I was considering actually giving him like twenty bucks, so he'd at least have some kind of gas money. Maybe yeah, to get home or whatever he needed well, to something. do. Something, yeah. but this, but this before I knew that the person I had given it to was able to bring the card back. He also so. lied to you. Right, right. Well, and yeah, he, do you, I mean, the lie was that that was his only card because there ain't no motherfucker on planet Earth with a gambling addiction that only got one credit card. I promise <laughs> you that. Love that. I, I love that. Promise that's you that. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> he got he got credit cards in his socks. I'm telling you, mm. I'm telling you that's a fact. They may not all have his name on them. But yeah. no, that's amazing. Actually. Maybe not. But uh, my another God. time when uh, I, I worked, I was a manager for Cheesecake Factory, and I worked in Columbus, Ohio, and during this weekend was the Arnold. So it's a massive convention for all sorts of athletes. It's for Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's okay. a big bodybuilding right. yeah, convention. Yeah, yeah. Like you're dealing with, I, I met that weekend. I met the mountain uh, from Game of Thrones. Get out of here. Oh, nice. Thor Bjornsson. Now, which, which, really? which one? Because I know that they had one actor and then they had a second actor. Yeah, so uh, Thor Bjornsson. Uh, he was the second actor. Okay, so cool. he's the guy that's a strong man. He's lifted over a thousand pounds on a deadlift. You're wow. thinking of um, the dog, man. Michael. Which no, is I'm not. They had two different, they had two different <laughs> actors play the mountain oh, in really? Game of Thrones. Okay, I didn't know that. And, and, and I, met, I met him and I met his wife. And if you've never seen those two stand together, I highly suggest Googling the mountain and his wife. He is a monstrous human being. Viking DNA for sure, and his wife is as tiny as I've seen these it's, pictures. Oh my, that yes. guy is good for her. Incredible, <laughs> Incredible. good for her. There's some of the I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if yeah. she can lift it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if she can lift it. <laughs> she, she, she was a fit girl herself, but also just five two, five three, somewhere around. My there. God, all right, six six, six eight, somewhere around there, three hundred plus pounds. He's a mountain for sure. <laughs> uh, one of the nicest people ever. Um, Another point where I had a group of 12, but they had to be broken in between like multiple booths because they were as wide as a one lane highway, like just massive dudes. Um, they came in about 10, maybe 15 minutes before we closed and got food, which is understandable. It's a bit of a challenge and it's where we all know the industry is there. Um, they ordered some dishes and this gentleman uh, got some black beans and they were a little bit cold. Um, at that time, I was a brand new manager, so I really didn't know what to do. Uh, so I essentially offered him a free slice of cheesecake. And this dude reamed me apart. He's like, does it look like I eat fucking cheesecake? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Like, I got cold black beans here. Like, can't you just make some fucking fresh ones? And I'm like, this dude could eat me for lunch. <laughs> and I am, I'm 175 pounds right now. I'm just kind of slightly terrified of this guy. I'm like, I'll just go do my best. Like, we closed down. I don't have fresh black beans. I just don't. And so you guys gonna have a black bean cheesecake or uh, yeah. so, no, 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 no. <laughs> stuffed chicken tortillas, tamales, sour cream, black beans on the side. I'm 100. percent That's also entire dish. that's also. By yeah. the way, just a very quick aside: the cheesecake menu factory. What, uh, like, what the fuck is that menu? Come on, man. What are you cheesecake trying to be a diner? Factory. 
It's a, it's actually amazing. Like uh, I've I've learned how to cook all the dishes. Like in my sense of career, it's there. insane I, though. Come on, like it's too I, much. It's, I, I, I get I get I get anxiety as somebody that doesn't have anxiety when I get. You're talking there. you're talking to a man who offers like over a hundred different bourbons. That's fine. Bar, Let's right? talk. Hundred bourbons. Beautiful. He is not worried about. No no you no, know. no. Disagree. <laughs> Let's talk bourbons all day. I don't want to talk seventeen pasta dishes and then turn three pages over to the. Um, the light, uh, co- uh, 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 what is it? Like co- carb conscious pasta dish. It's like, we don't need to do like, we don't, it's th- that menu is insane. It's too many pages, man. Anyway, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I was the guy that could stand in front of a, a, a group of 250 people with a microphone and like slideshows going on explaining every single dish that popped up <laughs> with all the ingredients. I could just do that. Yeah, I just, you said you were a trainer. Yeah, I was a trainer. Like, yeah. I traveled around and trained yeah. uh, all the people on New Restaurant. Nobody's I'll tell you what, that, cool. that job doesn't sound, uh, that, that job sounds interesting in the fact that you go to each restaurant, but the idea of going menu item by menu item is my nightmare if we're talking about the cheesecake factory menu yeah. I, I have a vendetta uh, against that menu reasonable i did it for so long though i had to find like cool and interesting stories to keep people engaged so Fair by enough. the time i was done with my career there i had stories for almost every single dish the origin the root where they decided to go and they had a dish in korea then they decided to bring those ingredients back they That's were not cool. approved by the fda uh, and they got them approved by the fda they bring them in here now all restaurants and like the world kind of use them Cheesecake Factory is a massive conglomerate that does more covers than any other restaurant in the country. It's a two billion dollar plus, uh, a two billion dollar annually a year company, and they invented so many different things for the industry. Like you know the the blue band aids, yeah, that everybody has. Uh, Cheesecake Factory invented that uh, because there's no food in the world that is that color. Oh, cool. So okay. if you lose a band aid, then you can see it in oh, all your food very dishes. Very smart. Yeah, I like so it. That's, really. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's all sorts of different things. And they've won uh, so many awards for cleanliness, uh, clean, uh, cleanest warehouse in the company. Or yeah. not company, in the country. In the industry, uh, for that for in that the industry. industry. Yeah, yeah. So I, cool. I, look, I will yeah. say this. It's not that I don't have respect for it. It's just that... Um, you know, if we're really if we're really pinning down what I find to, personally defined to be the, the the tenants of a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. I love simplicity. I love it. I'm with you. I love yes. it. I want simple ingredients. Or if you're not going to do simple ingredients, make sure that your inventory that that you're putting together works for every dish. The idea yep. of having this one spice that works for this one dish that seven people order a year is insane to me. The the <laughs> the loss value. Um, uh, for so many uh, now, uh, obvious Cheesecake Factory has made it profitable, but most restaurants yeah. do not understand that quality. They try to be everything for everybody. Do yep. what you do well. Do what you mm-hmm. do well, and that's that well, sounds like they're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so so oh, you, you company, so, yeah, so did well. you find any black beans? Did this story get resolved? Yeah, we got derailed. I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> no, oh. no, it was interesting. That was the blue bandaid. That's super. Cool. I, I never knew we were able to find. Yeah, we were able to find black beans in the back of the house and warm them up and send them out to them. But I just like I had other people take care of that for the rest of the day. I just had to go away. I was like, <laughs> I just this guy does not want anything to do with me. Um, pretty positive he was going through some uh, testosterone issues and just wanted to rage on me hard. So he looked pretty juicy. <laughs> no, I just and I, I love after all that. It was interesting to hear all that about the cheesecake factory. And I'm just wondering those on their menu anywhere does it say all of our dishes are FDA approved? Ah, that's actually quite clever. <laughs> that, that, uh, that wouldn't inspire uh, quite the same confidence. Yeah, right, while while we're on this read. particular subject, I have to say this is a great segue into question number 
five health code violations, which is clearly not an issue at Cheesecake Factory. But tell us yeah. about some of the health code issues uh, that you've seen, health code violations that you've seen or heard yeah. of in this business over the years. And in right. this in this category, Steve and I always say that it's very important to protect the innocent and and the guilty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, most of my bad health code violations uh, came early in my career because. Like it was from the nightclub. And when I had been through that experience, I promised myself I would never put myself into that situation again. So essentially the only real story I have from that uh, is the owner at the time, who's obviously trapped for cash apparently, um, put it upon me to make sure that the Board of Health sanctions were all fit and set. However, this guy did not like to spend money. So when I needed things like a fourth leg for a sink in the employee bathroom. <laughs> like he would not fork over the Basic money that stuff. I needed to get that done. For a, so when the board of health comes back in and then docks us for the different things that I could not spend money on to get fixed, uh, he then took money out of my paycheck. What? Yeah, he took a hundred dollars out of my paycheck because like I, I set these standards for you. You didn't do this. I'm like, dude, I needed less money than this than what you took away from me. So that was the biggest part of the challenge for health code violations. Fortunately, from that point in my career, I've been able to work for some wonderful people who have maintained that cleanliness as a priority and do whatever they will possibly do to make sure that their establishment is not going through the horrors uh, of stories that I've heard at different places. I'm going to spin this in a different direction. I appreciate you being so vulnerable about that experience because it sounds like, and I don't want to speak into it, but it sounds like that experience at the nightclub was this incredible opportunity on its face. Like, Going into mm-hmm. it, it's like, I'm 21, I'm running this nightclub, I can do some really cool things here, but maybe mm-hmm. you weren't empowered by this owner that, that you were working for. So Correct. I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that one. one. Of Absolutely. The, one of the things that we love on this show, because it is theater of the mind, is for you to describe to us these people. So I would love for you to paint us a picture of this owner, this person that was holding you back, and, and, mm-hmm. and really, like... Like, give the people an idea of who he is, like, physically, frankly. Oh, yeah, I got you. Uh, so, this gentleman definitely looked like he ran businesses. Okay. But it was just a facade of the bad money handling issues that he personally had. Okay. So, sweaty. A lot of times, sweaty is what you're saying. He was sweaty. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like he, he looked like a businessman by all accounts. <laughs> like, looks well put together, very well groomed, uh, just was just terrible with fucking money and shady and kind of two-faced all at the same time. Um, did, did he wear cologne? Yeah, I was just going to uh, ask that. I was just that's a wonderful <laughs> question. Wonderful question. Uh, not that I recall. So I never walked into a room and I was like, fuck, what the hell's going on? Um, however, when I'm working the front door, there would definitely be people that come in and said they were part owners of the company. <laughs> yeah, of course they did. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is, I'm always interested. I'm interested because we had an owner's meeting two weeks ago and I definitely did not see you there. Or they would ask for a gentleman named Hootie. So my guess, I never asked this guy where he got this, but typically, according to Outcast, Hootie Who is how you let people know the cops are coming. So we assumed that this gentleman was the lookout back in the day for his friends. Interesting. So people would come up to the door where I'm hanging out in the front and the line. It's like, hey man, Hootie here? I was like, who's Hootie? Like, I, would, <laughs> I would I would call him on it. I'm like, I know who he is. But I'm like, you gotta give me more information on this and then before I call my owner down here to let, let you in. Okay. How much so it was just 
Go ahead. How much chest hair did he show on a on like a daily or weekly basis? None. Really? Actually, wonderfully well dressed. I don't yeah. know why I have this person as a very Mediterranean man. But um, I, I I hear you. The the owner of the bar next door to us was was this guy that was definitely run been run out of our city. Okay, like fuck that guy. All right, like uh, my my manager at least he didn't treat women shitty. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to ju- I, I want to circle back really quick too, just because like I just want to clarify my stance on cologne really quick. Um, I don't really have a problem with people wearing cologne. I would prefer that people just didn't smell at all. That would I, I, I could live yeah. in that world. That what would be fine. What is happening here? I wear cologne every day. All right. Why? Why? See, why? Why? why, why what is this vendetta against okay, cologne? Okay. So fine, fine. Cologne can be fine, but here's the problem. It, especially if you're a man. Okay. And I'm sorry to be sexist about it, but especially if you're a man. If I can smell you after you've left a room, we have a problem. No. Like, no, no. either you sh- either you farted and shit your pants there, or you have so much cologne on you that you have left, like, this freaking specter in the room that I have to deal with. Yep. And that's not okay. Like, just ask your friends if you wear cologne. Make sure you're not putting too much on. Yep. Cologne is meant to draw you in, not repel you. Yes. Yes. It's like, oh, you smell good. What do you smell like? And then you draw them in. You don't want to walk into a room and be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, but it took a yeah, it took a nap in cool water. So if this, <laughs> if this owner had a name, and it wasn't his real name, but it was a name, like if you were typecasting him for a movie or a TV show. Actually, the funny thing about this is I don't actually know his real name. Oh, fantastic! I have seen, seen pieces don't. of mail come and spelled differently. Interesting. Be it, Interesting. Be it, yeah, be it with an A or an O. So I actually don't know this guy's real last name. Fascinating. So wonderful. Um. Let's see here. If I could type, I actually don't know if I could typecast him. Shit. It sounds like quite. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I actually like where you left yeah. it. Let's leave it there, because yeah. the mystery of having somebody coming with mail of multiple different names is is a good way to wrap up this particular yeah. segment. Yeah. And it, all you know is that you're gonna you're gonna smell him before you see yeah. him. So well, yeah. feels like feels like a true narcissist where you, where you see him and you respect like pure business, but when he's behind, it's all about him. Fuck everybody. Else. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. And yeah. I love how he created health code violations for his own business by not empowering <laughs> his yes. uh, his people. So all right, well, my friend, you've made it halfway through the gauntlet, and you have. Not just uh, done it with ease, you have executed with the skill and precision of a fucking ninja. It's been amazing. (laughs) We're going to take a very quick halftime break. We are all going to get our glasses freshened up. And any darts that need to be smoked, be smoked now. I'm Um, feeling a bathroom break. eh, Same same for me. And we will be right back with you with the second half of the gauntlet momentarily. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest-working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. Oh, what a pee it was. Oh, my God, what a halftime. I shot a few games of pool while everybody else drank delicious alcohol, you sons of bitches. 
Um, no, my wonderful co-host and our wonderful guest just enjoyed some peanut butter infused tequila that we're Richard right yeah. while they're we enjoying it right, right, right now. Yeah. Hold on a sec. Never have I ever chase had chase with a raspberry beer. Chase with the beer. Oh, peanut butter and jelly. Nice. Never have I ever had somebody rub drinks in my face. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> that I hate was you, that was an alcoholic peanut butter and jelly sandwich like in a, my in my mouth right it's now. Adult uncrustable. That is awesome. Yeah. That yeah. is. I'm just tasting a peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, for Steve, sure. Steve, I'm so sorry. So this, this I'm so <laughs> frustrated. I'm so yeah, frustrated. This, this, this is our signature shot at Wise Guys. Um, and I always recommend that if you walk into a bar that specializes in one spirit and their house shot is a different spirit, always get it. Yeah. It's so good. We uh, we sell at least 50 shots of this a day. And it's, and it's so, two shots. It's two shots. It's yeah, two so shots. You when you order it. peanut butter tequila, you get peanut butter infused tequila, which we make in-house, which... I'd love to talk to you guys about how that's made, but uh, that means you'll just make it at home and you won't come and see me in my bar and bring the party to <laughs> yes, me. Yes, yes. The last yes, time I was the last time I was this frustrated, I was fourteen and no one would have sex with me. So um, I I know that vibe. I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to dwell on this. I don't. So let's just keep it moving, Richard. Before we get into the second half of the gauntlet, I have an incredibly important question. It's a tense time in the world. Gas prices are high. War is. Is is raging in Europe, and I think what the people really want to know is ranch or blue cheese, Richard. Ranch or blue oh cheese? Answer now. Do it. I don't think we prepped him. Ranch or blue cheese? This is an absolutely no for both occasions for me. Whoa. <laughs> so there are some synergies that can make dude. it happen. Like I don't, I don't like ranch dressing. I don't okay. like blue cheese crumbles. When you essentially put those two together, you get blue cheese dressing. No, so that's no, that is not does true. not work for me. That's like saying every tequila is peanut butter infused tequila. That's ridiculous. That's just. No, I, I completely agree with you. However, I just do not enjoy it. Now, if you had like a Parmesan uh, cream dressing or something, I might consider it. But I'm definitely more of like a honey mustard or a Caesar kind of guy. Okay, so if you, do you? I just did a ranch Midwest sauce. Do you ever eat wings? Yes. Okay, so what do you? <laughs> what kind of wings? Buffalo? Do are you doing like teriyaki or? I'm all over the place. Okay, okay. that sounds intriguing. If you get a if you get a dipping sauce with that. I say none. No, okay. Really? I pass, it, I pass it off to whoever's next to me. I'm like, you like ranch? Cool, this is for you. Fascinating. Okay, yeah. well. When I want blue cheese stuffed olives, oh, make uh, them for me. Oh, yeah. If you want blue cheese stuffed olives, I'll bring them into my bar for you. Thank you. Like, I work at a pizza spot. We don't have blue cheese. We don't have pickles. We don't have picklebacks or anything like that. So if I want to do that for you, I will bring that in for you. Our but first our first episode our episode was blue cheese, dirty uh, blue cheese. Uh, stuffed olives, uh, dirty gin martinis. Heard. Dirty nice. ginger, I love it. Dirty gin martinis. So for I'm it. actually this is a, this is my kind of bartender because I'm starting to get a little lifted. All right, like yeah. we, we've had a lot of spirits and I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, um, and even though I Mike, will, I will warn you that you have said that you're going to start listening to some of the other episodes. I'm going to tell you, Steve has already gone on a diatribe about you before he's even met you. Oh, wonderful! Uh, about the people who don't like blue cheese or ranch. So no, just, those people I'm are fine. Those people I'm are fine. He doesn't. That. He doesn't seem particularly judgmental. Look, Richard, no. there's a lot of different types of people, okay? There are the people that only eat ranch, the people that only eat blue cheese, the mm-hmm. people that eat both, the people that eat neither. The only people we hate on these pod, on this pod are the elitists that eat ranch and vilify the people who eat blue cheese, okay? I don't hate ranch. Oh, that's reasonable. I don't yeah, hate yeah. ranch, but this idea that I am a lesser human being because I eat blue cheese, <laughs> I, 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 I'm ready well, to fight to be, somebody about that. To be but, fair, we have... There have been certain stories told about people who are acting just completely uncouth, no class, 
And it just so happens that they are eating ranch. Midwest oh, sauce. In the story. <laughs> Midwest, Midwest sauce. It, Midwest sauce. It is, it is happened, stories about this. It's happened multiple times. So we do think there's a correlation there. We, we haven't done any kind of controlled experiments, but you yeah. know, there's something there. Uh, working at Cheesecake Factory, there's definitely been a lady oh, that asked Lord. me for a bowl of ranch. And I brought her out a Ramerton Ranch. And she said, no, I requested a bowl of ranch. Yeah. I'm like, my apologies. So I went back and grabbed a soup bowl, filled it with ranch. And by the time I was done taking care of her... That bowl was fucking clean. Yeah, yeah. What was she eating? She was like taking the bread, like the, the quote unquote chocolate bread from Cheesecake Factory. She was eating chocolate bread. Well, it's it's a uh, whole wheat bread, okay. but there's like molasses and cocoa in it. So like people commonly refer to it as chocolate bread. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a super dark bread. Yeah, it's super dark bread. But so they're bread. taking it and like wrap, like cleaning the bowl on the inside of it with the bread to eat it. And a slice of cheesecake, and we know how many calories there. Are. You should have offered the Midwest. <laughs> you should have offered offered her to be waterboarded with ranch in the back of. Ooh, like just lay lay back, just yeah. lay back. I'll, just I'll lay go. That's just actually my team. Well, well, in waterboarding uh, people with ranch dressing. In in all seriousness here, okay. I uh, look. I respect you for for making your decision, saying, "Hey, neither are for me." Um, but I did. I, I'm glad we brought this up because it touched on something that does not get said enough on this pod. Okay, I've been to a ton of amazing bars and I have ordered drinks from some of the most talented bartenders in this business. The man sitting next to you right now, Richard. I don't know if anybody in the in the world makes a better dirty martini than that man right there. He that's can, awesome. A dirty gin martini with blue cheese stuffed olives. I feel like, I feel that like is Richard his special. Richard would put me to the test, man. I don't know, Richard's man. Richard's gonna you, give me a for my money. You're here. no slouch. That is your signature drink, my friend. It is. Well, <laughs> that's all right. The perfection. challenge is like I don't like dirty martinis, so, so I he can't won't say know. that I will make a good. Dirty Mine martini. is going to be perfect. We need no we need yeah. Be- yeah. we need Bethany to to be our oh, taste. Actually, I got a wonderful story about Bethany here. So Bethany, like when I. First met Bethany, she knew I was a bartender 100% through and through. And her go-to cocktail is a dirty martini made with Tito's. Which is like her go-to whenever she's out on a night having a good dinner. It's her go-to thing. So it took her about a year to a year and a half for her to finally commit to letting me make her a dirty martini. Ooh, she's because picky. Because if I made... If I made... Uh, I wouldn't say picky, I would say particular. Okay. Uh, so okay. If, she, if I had made her a bad dirty martini she would no longer be able to respect me as a bartender <laughs> so I she's like it. she really likes me she really digs me we're having a good time she's like but i'm concerned <laughs> so it took her a year and a half and actually she came into my bar and i was telling this like story to a patron and she came into my bar unannounced and i told her the desk that that was bethany and she's like what how are you not let this guy make you a dirty martini and like she almost shamed her essentially he to did. letting me make her a dirty martini. I love and I it. And, and like, and oh, thank God. What, what, yeah, so, the, no, we're so still together. So. I mean, you're still together. So, it was yeah. on point. It was on point. It yeah. was what on a- point. It turns out I don't really like a dirty martini. Like, um, is there a name for it? Like, it's like half dirty. Or like, lightly dirty. Or like, Easy on the dirty. Like a little naughty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just slightly <laughs> naughty. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like a naughty just martini, like a little naughty, dirty, naughty, 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 naughty. You, you know what's funny that's is I lo- yeah, that's, nailed it. that's actually really a beautiful testament to um, your guys' relationship is that she liked you so much she didn't want you to ruin it. <laughs> and by the way, just listeners, just so you know, uh, Bethany and Chris are being incredible. Like they're they're hanging out with us. They're uh, Bethany just got us some waters. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, they don't have headphones is the thing. 
So they they hear us talking, but they don't hear Steve talking. You know, it's so. funny. Every listener out there uh, thinks that Chris and Bethany are blessed because they don't have to hear my ass. I promise <laughs> you that. See, he beat I me to it. I was going to make the joke, and he beat me to Fuck it. Fuck you, Mike. So. I, I knew where you were going. I knew where you were going. All right. All we, right. Question a, number six. <laughs> question number six. Go ahead, Mike. Lead us back. Yeah, in. so Ratchet and Crazy Customers. Now, so um, just to set this question up for you. Um, I met uh, Richard for a drink at uh, Wise Guys before we came out, and Richard really resonates very much with JT, our bartender from Stockholm, Sweden, yeah. where he really finds a lot of uh, love and enjoyment in this profession. Yeah, and he didn't really he didn't really want to talk about a lot of negative stuff. So of course, this is Ratchet and Crazy Customers. Question number six. So if you have any crazy stories of people coming in. Um, you know, we'd love to hear them, but we also do talk about memorable customers because mm-hmm. there are some people that come in and, you know, just like how, how much you've made an impact on people by being this incredible bartender that they love to come and see. There might be some customers out there that you really look forward to seeing when you get that chance. So do you have oh, anything yeah. either either crazy and ratchet or memorable and impactful? Oh, uh, so one of my most memorable customers, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there, uh, is definitely Bethany. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, there's, there's a moment when like I'm deeply in love with this girl so every time this girl walks in here she's typically wearing heels and i can hear her coming into my bar before i see her yes, <laughs> yes. i look up i see her i will put down everything i'm doing to walk around to the end of the bar to make out with this girl because <laughs> i'm so fucking excited to see her every time i see her it's just the best thing ever so that's by far my most memorable guest that's understandable i mean if you're making out with them when you're coming in that they, yeah. they've left some kind of an impact on you and and my favorite thing about this is like the, the crew that i'm with now like this is all they've seen like so like the crew i was with before had kind of seen this but they never fully understood now everybody's just like, yep, that's Richard and Bethany. They're doing it. And all the guests that whenever they see this, like, oh my God, what the hell's going on over there? Oh my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. And everybody is super excited about it. It's just fucking hilarious. And it's uh, awesome. The dip is what gets people. Oh yeah. I'll grab that girl. Really? Oh yeah. Of course you do. Not, not, I, I can't say I'm surprised that you're a man for the theatrical. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, everything's big. Everything's fun. Everything's with intention. Uh, and it's just uh, a ton of fun for me. Um, so some other memorable guests I've come across. Um, I, I've been very fortunate enough to uh, have positive relationships with what people would consider celebrities. Uh, I see them as a normal human being that just happens to be something cool that other people happen to see. Like I, I bartend. Some people race indie cars. Some people play football. And it's just what they happen to do. Like I don't really care what people do. I just care if you're a good human being. Mm-hmm. So fortunately for me, I've made a, a few wonderful friends. And just an example, I. I was giving uh, given tickets to the last year's Indy 500 race, and they were pit passes. So I, I have a friend that yeah, Those are I, legit. Like, we, yeah, we didn't have seats. We had passes to walk around the pits. Nice, holy yeah. hell! Yeah, so even even somebody that works for a race car driver that I know came up to me and like we talked after the race. He grabs my lanyard. It's like, how the fuck did you get these tickets, <laughs> dude? I was like, oh, I know this person from this person. Like, oh, I fucking love that guy. That guy's great. So. When I met this guy, like we got to go, uh, he was one of my writers from the bar, but we like there was uh, he took pictures for us. The trophy was in front of them, and they were dismantling this. He went over there, stopped them. He's like, "Hold on, said, let me get a photo with these two in front of them." So I got to take Bethany on this wonderful trip out there where we wow. lost all the IndyCar drivers. Nice. And when they were doing the driver introductions, we were actually able to hang out on the area where they're all staged and waiting for them. And as they're coming through there, I'm wearing my wise guys lounge shirt because i'm 
Shameless is self-promoting. Yeah, plug that shit, man. Oh, Absolutely. And I have race car drivers that I know come up to me and it's like... bikini top. Yeah, that's me wearing a bikini <laughs> top looking sexy about the car. Yeah, exactly. You, you got the girl with your bikini <laughs> top and you got the... The, the yeah. whiskey guy right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's great. So I, I know a handful of the race car drivers and they all reach out to me. They're like, dude, Richard, like, you know we're going to wind up needing some whiskey after we race 500 miles? I'm like, my friend, I'm already drunk. I don't have to tell you. I'm not going to work out. That's right. You yeah, can't give so, me VIP tickets and expect me to be sober yeah, yeah. at the end of the yeah, absolutely. So like, these guys were all wonderful, and I've, I've had great experiences awesome, with them. And I have I've been I, able to build. Go ahead. Go no no you please go. Oh yeah, and I, I've been able to meet uh, uh, people like Peyton Manning, who's uh, asked me to like take him to another club. So I reach out to the manager of the club next door to us, and then we walk him through the back alley, and then we get him through there. And he gives me the the Benjamin handshake. Um, I it, met, is, is he as nice as he seems on the Allstate commercials? He's a nice dude. <laughs> nice. He I doesn't do Allstate commercials. What does he do? Uh, nationwide. It's a fucking I don't think he does thing. nationwide either. He, yes, he does. Uh, with uh, Brad Paisley? Nationwide. Oh, that's no right. Side. Yeah, he does do nationwide. This, this episode of the Bartender Ramp <laughs> Podcast is brought to you by Nationwide. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've known other people about him as well, and apparently Peyton Manning knows football very well. Not too many other things, though. He's a savant, as they say, an idiot yeah, savant. I, and I, I say a, that. I, yeah, it's like I, you said, though, as long as he's a good person. That's I, all we're looking for. He was a really good person. Here's my, here's my real question for all of us, uh, all the indie listeners out there. And I know NASCAR is near and dear to Indianapolis hearts. Um, you know, my, my grandfather, my grandmother lived uh, just about a mile from the Indianapolis 500. And I used to go play golf with my late grandfather at the golf course uh, in, inside the track yeah, all the crossing. time all the time as a kid i can't tell you i've probably been to 10 or 15 indy indy 500 it's one of the <laughs> coolest events of the year anywhere in america the milk chugging co- like i don't know if it's a contest or a tradition or whatever it is but the the indy 500 museum everything around it is so cool i think what everybody really wants to know is is jeff gordon as short as he looks on tv that's what the people really want to know he uh, he's definitely a Tom Cruise kind of character, yeah, <laughs> for okay. sure. Like like you, you want Tom Cruise to look like Jack Reacher, but you realize he's five four. And the new Reacher that's on there <laughs> that's is actually right. six five. Uh, that's right. He's what he should be. Yes, but um, that's right. But I, I'll be honest, like short race car drivers are kind of the norm because you that's want the thing, right? It's like a, it's like a like jockey, a, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like a jockey. It's a niche, yeah. yeah. Like most most of the, the people that I know that are race car drivers are significantly shorter than I am. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always six foot tall, so yeah. it's just it's it's wind resistance. Man. It really is, you know. Like Thank- Danica Patrick's awesome, but she weighs like 120 pounds, which is great. I saw Danica Patrick uh, crash. Oh, that's unfortunate. No, no. Why did you say that? Why did you say that with such a smile? Well, I was like, this is kind of cool, but it's getting kind of boring. And then there was fire, and I was like, all right, I'm back in. (laughs) Speaking of speaking of fires, number seven fights, arrests, and fires. This is my favorite category, personally. Tell us about when you've seen shit pop off. Man, uh, so one of my favorite stories I want to tell first. I got two different stories here. Uh, The first one comes from the nightclub. And I definitely watched somebody get stabbed in the leg with a champagne flute. Whoa! Champagne flute. Did they break it on the counter first? Cracked it on the counter and then stabbed a dude in the fucking thigh with a champagne flute. That is aggressive. It was aggressive. Did they at least do a toast first? (laughs) (laughs) Here's to your wounded leg. (laughs) It happened on the dance floor. Yeah, and and it happened to somebody that I knew, like through the bar. It wasn't like a like it was more of an acquaintance as opposed to a friend. So we grab this guy and get him. We're on the second floor of a nightclub that has 
uh, ultra lounge on top, dance floor on the second floor, and then a sushi lounge on the bottom floor. So we had to like got this guy down and we get the ambulance to the back of the nightclub. So this way we don't have to have an ambulance posted up in the front side. Yeah, of the club. Heady play. Very yeah, heady. Very business. heady play by you. But it was just like super sketch and just terrifying all at the same time because I've never seen anybody done that. I've lived a very fortunate life to where it's been all positive vibes. But just, this was just like, holy shit. This was- Do you know what it was about? Do you know why you got stabbed? Never never understood what it was about. So I just saw the action happen on my Oh my god! <laughs> I know how to call nine one one. This is what I've been trained for. <laughs> Richard, I assume that if you didn't give that lady a full bowl of ranch at the Cheesecake Factory, she may have done the same thing to your leg. If you, were. she may have absolutely. I, I'm, I'm slightly concerned now. Shit. <laughs> you gotta watch out for those ranch lovers, man. Dude, it's, it's out of control, man. The Midwest fucking get you. <laughs> uh, let's see here. My other best fiery story actually came uh, a little bit recently. For the current bar that I'm at right now, uh, I was actually on a vacation in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, I say vacation in Columbus, Ohio. I was on a weekend getaway with Bethany, and we went to go see a Glass Animals concert. We went Ooh, to a drag show the next day, did the appropriate amount of drugs, and had a fucking blast. Wonderful, wonderful time. We come back the next Monday, chill. I wake up at her place on Tuesday, and I get a phone call from my beverage director, which this guy at this point has never called me. And I'm just like... <laughs> I'm I'm doing the phone call. I'm like, shit, am I about to get fired? I don't know what's about to happen. So I answered the phone call. I'm like, hey, Matt, what's going on? He's like, hey, just what, uh, don't know if you heard or not, but uh, have you heard the news yet? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He's like, oh, uh, well, just a heads up. Um, some incidents went down this weekend, and we had to fire the entire staff, and you are now the only employee. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll dive more into this for sure. I was like, I just like, in my head, I'm just like, wow, okay, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's, what do we need to do? Let's fucking get it going. So uh, apparently while I was gone, uh, my former bar manager um, definitely drank a little bit too much behind the bar and wound up uh, dealing with a guest who had been regular at the bar, who's no longer regular at the bar, but was going through some like... It's Peyton Manning. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Peyton Manning. Uh, this guy was going through, uh, he had mixed medication with alcohol, and he was going through some crazy anxiety attack to the point where he was banging his head on a bathroom stall. Wow. So, excuse oh. me, but give me the <laughs> shake, shake Yeah, we'll, we'll shake it out. It's good. Shake it uh, So, <laughs> this gentleman had gone into the bathroom to help him out. However, pizza side did not know how to interact with him, so they did the right thing and they called the police. So the police came into the restroom to try and handle the situation. And the gentleman who worked for us at the time um, laid his hands on the police officer and told him that he's got it under control. How this guy did not get arrested for this action is beyond me. Apparently, he met a cop that was like, you know what? Okay. And just kind of let it go. And then the situation dissolved from there. They got the guests out of the, the bar and then back to business as normal. Uh Unfortunately, uh, the gentleman that worked for our bar uh, continued to drink behind the bar, uh, got my other bartender looped on doing shots with him, Yikes. and then took a bottle bo- uh, on the other side of the bar and then did shots with guests, uh, like in the in the bar in, area. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking not about not really honest. dissolving the fabric of civility here. Like this yes. is really uh, <laughs> things are falling apart. That for sure, has been set aside. So all this happened. And then the beverage director did what he rightfully should have done and fired everybody that was involved there, which wow. is yeah. completely agreeable. 
Uh, I, I will say that there is a gentleman that was looped in that firing who I did vouch hold for. On, hold on, hold on, hold Go on, hold on. I got to pause you here. I got to pause you here. I love the story. I'm glad we got into the police interaction. I'm not sure how that individual didn't get arrested. You and I both. But I have to clarify that this category is about FICE arrest and fires, as in the restaurant being on fire. So no. any other 86ing stories that you have, I want you to save them. So remember this one that you're about to tell about mm-hmm. uh, about the, the recap here. Um, and why don't we tell it in a, f- a few questions from now? Because we're going to get into all different types of firing and quitting stories here in a second. See, Steve's just a fucking tease. We were oh, right no, there. We were right at the cusp. He's like, you know what? This That's isn't the right. right category. No, it's All not right, about... Steve. All right. It's, f- no, it's fine, Steve. Mike, it's fine. All right. Mike, so it's we're called save Theater it. of the Mind. I'm trying <laughs> to pl- I'm trying <laughs> I'm just... to tease the people. That's I'm my job. That is my job. All um, right. Well, then let's tease the people a little bit more. and Let's move into question number eight. Sex stories. Woo! The sexy Lexi. The yes. good stuff, the juicy stuff. Yes. You know, I think most people listen to this podcast just to get to question number eight. There's a lot of friction between the pipes, and we want to hear about it. <laughs> right. Between the pipes. So actually what's wonderful is a lot of my friction does happen between the pipes, and I do not have a ton of stories that happen at my bar or any other restaurant I've worked at because I have not particularly owned those bars. And I most of the time like my job and my job security. So I feel like having sex in your bar or restaurant can lead to a swift firing. Yes, sir. uh, Which I prefer to stay away from. However, I definitely do have stories that have led to some crazy interactions for sure. So one of my uh, favorite stories came from the nightclub days when I was early 20s and I didn't know any better. Um, Definitely flirted with way too many promotion models. Uh, enjoyed that thoroughly. What and a job. I'm a promotion model. Man, she, <laughs> I look good, so you want to come here. Come exactly. on down. Oh, I've got, I've got one of those dudes lined up for myself, and I'm like running around in a thong at a Miss Gay Indiana event for sure soon. We're going to so, plug I'm, that at the end. Oh, I mean, we're going to we're gonna talk about the event. Oh, for sure. It's going to be great. Uh, so in, in the nightclub, we had a dance floor on the second floor that had cages. Um, have definitely gotten an after hours blow job in one of those cages before. Nice. In the cage. That's in that's the cage. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's, that's a little extra element to it. No, nobody in there. So I had it all to myself, knew how to access the easy, but put music on through the nightclub. Oh, you can put some music on. That's you said an atmosphere. Baby. Music to lighting, baby. All day. <laughs> Did you like candles? Wait, do you, do you remember? No, no, the, definitely do you remember the song? <laughs> No, 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 definitely not. Okay, that was like that was like 15 plus years ago. Let's just let's just tell let's just tell the people it was remixed to ignition and move on. Okay. Oh, I love it. Uh, Let's see here. Also on the third floor up there, we had uh, lounge beds. That's a bad idea. That's no. no, no, Why though? Why? I definitely did not do anything on those beds because I knew that I cleaned the sheets of the beds. Nobody cleaned the mattresses of those beds. Yeah. So there was no way in hell I would ever subject a partner of mine to have to lay in that while I destroyed them. See, that's where if you're if you're gonna (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you just broke Mike. If you're gonna have lounge beds in a fucking club, like you have to go the old lady route and have like the plastic. plastic. Yes, yeah. thank yep. you. Scotch guard that shit up, man, because yes. you do not know what's gonna happen. We did have a floor to ceiling windows on the second floor, which is a VIP area that overlooked a main strip here in the city, which is filled with nothing but bars and nightclubs. And I definitely might have enjoyed um, 
uh, feasting on a female from behind while she's pressed up against Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Oh, I knew you and Steve were going to get along well. (laughs) Feasting on a female. See, but I love that because it's like you're having a good time, but you're sharing it with everybody. So I I, I mean this dead, dead serious. It has always been like when I walk through new cities or towns or even places where I'm familiar with, you know, where, where there's houses or buildings like. You know, walking in the evening and stuff, I always like, you know... Where are we going with this? I, I, I wishfully always glance up and look, because I always hope that I just Shut look up, up. And I just see somebody having sex in a window. I swear to God, I'm not just saying this for the podcast. Can- this is a true statement. And if I was walking down the strip and having a good time with my buddies, getting a little sauced up, and I looked up and I, I saw this woman, you know, just having a wonderful feasting... <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, Mike, I Mike. would just, I would just, I, it would just, you know, it would just make me feel more human. Is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, <here>. okay. <laughs> and and I understand, I understand the thrill of that moment. But I will tell you this, Michael, you focused it, uh, focused, focused it. it. Did I? Yeah, we're the one. hundred proof. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, you focused in on the word feasting there. What I focused in on, and why Richard and I are brothers from another mom, uh, same mom's different mailman, maybe. Um, is because is because he talked about pressing those tits up against the glass, and this might be the most niche fetish of them all. There is some there is some weird part of me that says if we're gonna do it, I want to press you up against a window of a building overlooking a city, so that every that we can put this entire beautiful act show on display. I'm, love I'm gonna be like, honest yeah. with you, the Airbnb that these guys have, oh, is 100% the Did things they, I would be doing right now. Well, now I'm even more teased than the peanut butter tequila. And you could be taking a tumble out onto the sidewalk. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm even. We're both climbers as well. We'll keep our balance while we're going. Jesus Christ. Well, fuck it. Just open the window and go out on the ledge then. Oh, I mean, why are you, why are you dancing? Right? Yeah, we've done that before. That's right. great. Yeah, so we're, yeah. like I said, we're going to do a, a collaboration with the, with the OnlyFans. Uh, just yep. make sure to, to, to log in and ha. subscribe for that. Let's also, get weird. Let's get one of my, weird. One of my other favorite sex stories from a bar has been when uh, my primary guy, we were in a polyamorous relationship, so we date all sorts of different people. We have wonderful connections and wonderful relations with all sorts of different people. Uh, this one girl that we were dating, um, very attractive girl, came in there very attractive to both of us. Um, she, uh, at, at, I'm going to talk about this again, mixed meditation with alcohol, and which is just the worst idea in the world. Like if you're on meditation like and drink Getting alcohol, it's the most yeah. unpredictable situation that you never have in sure. your life. Uh, this girl was sitting at my bar and just ridiculously into me and flirted with me. And then at one point she just goes, you know what? I can't fucking handle this. And then tries to climb over the bar that we're on to. <laughs> right then and there. Gets over the bar, puts her hands on my shoulder, and I realize I've got clean, polished glassware in between her and I, oh. just standing on the stairwell. And I see what she's doing. And fortunately, I, I, I worked out. So I grabbed her by the hips and threw her up in this like swing dance position where she's almost doing a handstand on my shoulders and then bring her back into my like lap and hips to where she can wipe her legs around me. And then I'm like, girl. And then I walk her around my bar to put her back on the general population <laughs> side of the bar. I'm like, you can't be back here. This is just the most so, faux pas of ridiculous state of the world. Did you and break had, any glasses? No, I did not. Bravo, it was impressive. Bravo, I called, I called that show. I threw her way in the air, brought her back in, and no broken glasses. Then I had to apologize to my coworkers because I had to go like, sweet talk this girl outside for like 10 to 15 minutes to calm her down while I 
couldn't help my friends close the bar. <laughs> I actually felt worse about that than anything else. And I couldn't help my team close my bar. And just had to like deal with this drunk, intoxicated girl and make her feel better about herself before I sent her on her way to go home. I've always oh, said dude. I've always said there are only two reasons. <laughs> there are only two Three reasons. Three feet high was too much. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said there are only two reasons that if we're closing, you're not working. This has been yes. a, a mantra of mine for years. You better be about to get it in or you better be about to smoke a cigarette. If there ain't those two things happening, you better get your ass back behind the bar and start working. And yep. start cleaning. So we, we gotta clean as long as you're doing those two, <laughs> as long as you're doing those two, you're good in my book. So yeah, I, f- I felt so bad for having to go like whisper sweet nothings to this girl here to make her feel good about the situation. Me sitting at her home. Can you yeah. remember anything that you said to her? No, 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 no. I cannot remember anything to say to her. How could like, it was a wonderful you're... dismount? You know, she looked, <laughs> I was looked like, great. <laughs> oh, she she did slightly apologize. I was like, girl, you're fantastic. You're amazing. You have nothing to apologize for. Right. Everything's all right. Said like, in that moment, Sorry, yeah, in that moment, I didn't want to like shame her or make her feel bad. So I was just like removing all concern from it. The next day, however, I did have a conversation with like, okay, like I hear what you're doing, but we got to set some standards and some boundaries here. Like you cannot do that while I'm working. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, yeah, I got a professional relationship like, with all the people. I work I've got with. Art Deco glassware back here, lady. Yeah, come on. I got expensive come shit. On. Yeah, you know? all right. Like, and it's not. And I didn't pay for it. So, like, come on, <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> I'm not available for you to straddle. There it is. Right. Yes, callbacks. Nice call, man. Yeah. Um, I'm not available right. for you to jump over this bar <laughs> <laughs> ever. All right, number nine: bar hazing, pranks, and games. And I actually have a new one. Now what I'm going to do is anytime I see an attractive bartender, I'm going to climb across the bar and I'm going to ah! straddle them, you know, and, see what, and we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? We'll mix <laughs> it up. It's a quick way to never get invited back to that bar. Dude. Yes. Absolutely. No, yeah. but this yeah, is the, they, they might like it. Steve's a cute guy, you know, this is, this category is close, uh, close to Mike and I's hearts because, uh, truly, if you worked in this business and I'm not talking about for a week, I'm not talking about for a month. I'm not even talking about for a year. I'm saying if you have put in your time in this business, you know there are lulls and you have to keep yourself entertained. And one of the best things about this business, the service industry, is finding ways to entertain yourselves when nothing else is going on. So tell us about bar hazing, pranks, and games. Oh, I would I would love to tell you about some bar hazing, pranks, and games because I've I've fortunately become uh, been able to be around people that have like minded. Uh, sense of humor with me and it's just the most ridiculous shit ever so like one of my favorite things when you're working like a fine dining restaurant like you're trying not to take away from the guest experience mm-hmm. so you're, you're trying to do everything quiet everything simple so like if you ever have like something to tell to a guest or sorry something to tell to another server you need to kind of do it in quiet mm-hmm. so one of my favorite things to do with one of my friends is to pass notes to each other while we're talking to guests that say just egregious shit on them. Like, <laughs> and just folded up notes. Like, uh, sir, uh, here's a note for you. And you walk away. and But they unfold the paper and it just says dildo on it. Really fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it tried to get him to crack in front of the entire guest. Uh, and it's just the best fucking thing ever. You feign great importance, right? Yeah, like exactly. You, oh, absolutely. Because it could be a very important message. Yeah, hey, this is 86. You need to know. Or, or, serve this anymore. or yeah. even greater than that, Peyton Manning's in the kitchen, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got the Peyton Manning seat coming through, man. You got to give a heads up. So like, when you walk up to the desk, the desk has no idea what's going on. They only know what they know. So like, <laughs> right. when I go up and show up and I go, sir, you had a phone call. Here's a message for you. That's all they hear. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what that's there for. Yeah. So it's upon my other server to cheapest cool and be like, and if a guest asks for what's going on, it's like, 
oh, it's a personal thing. I'll take care of it. Right <laughs> like you try to like stay away from that note. It's like not break the death experience. And it's the <laughs> one of my favorite things to do ever. Can you remember either the raunchiest thing you've ever written or the raunchiest thing that you've ever received? Yes. Great. Fantastic question, Michael. Yeah, oh. dude, I'm all about that dirty shit, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, so uh, one of my favorite things, like uh, it's a story at the Cheesecake Factory. And I walked past the server and he's describing a dish and I'm not sure what it is, but the only words I hear are a giant Dean dog. <laughs> and I stopped in my tracks and I was like, Wait, what? Wait, what are you talking about? And he says, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm just driving the chocolate tuxedo cream cheesecake. It tastes like a giant dude dog. Like, Thank you. Okay, that makes sense. All right, I'm out of here. So, but I had to walk away from that. It just made me stop my tracks. This wasn't even somebody I did these note passing things with. Like, it just happened. I caught him up. That's great. Once. That's great. But I, I said some weird stuff too, but it's like made people like stop. It was like, it tastes like summer when I'm describing a banana cream cheesecake yeah. but my buddy's like what the like, fuck what the fuck is this summer yeah, it tastes like summer what are you talking about dude well shut up dude i don't know what i'm talking about i'm just talking i'm riffing i'm riffing here Come yeah on. i'm riffing i'm going with it uh one of my favorites uh of hazing people back in the day or just like trying to fuck with people when yeah. they don't know it uh i worked at tgi friday so long ago that this is when they serve breadsticks like this is I didn't even yeah, know exactly. That. What? Exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah. So this is like I'm 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 guessing this is 18 years ago. Yeah, this is like half a lifetime ago for me. Jesus. So they had breadsticks. So we would find long pieces of string and tie a knot at the end of the breadstick, and then find a server that's stressed and like add a computer <sighs> reading stuff in. And most of the people tie their apron with a bow on the backside. So we'd, I'd walk up behind them, tie a little knot with the string, and then walk away. No. And so when they start walking away, they start dragging a breadstick <laughs> behind. Oh them. my god. <laughs> Oh, it's just the oh, best fucking That would make me so happy as a customer just to see a server walking around with a breadstick, just like, you know, happily. It's TGI Friday, so fucking cares. Yeah. Just hopping along behind yeah. them. Yeah. Wow. There's, there, there's stuff on their wall is way shittier than anything you'd be walking no, behind them. That is yeah. wow. Did you ever Did you ever find one trailing you? I did not. No. Nice. I, I, Kept your wits about you. Oh, I caught somebody, like, trying to do it one time, and I, like, flipped back to my nice try, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, let me ask that. you this, because there had to be that one person that was oblivious, right, that dragged the breadstick for so long. Like, what was the oh. longest somebody... Did anybody ever walk up to a table and wait on the table with a breadstick <laughs> hanging off the back of the air apron? Oh, 100% waited on him, too. Oh, I talked to him the entire time, <laughs> took their order, and then how they actually knew was from the desk, I'm like, by the way, you got a breadstick hanging I'm like, huh? What the fuck? Come on. Now, guess, listeners, if, you're ever, if you ever witness the stuff, just play along. Let it keep happening. I'm, yes, I'm don't say a word. Don't say a yeah. word, because well, I will tell in you. In fact, just ask for more breadsticks. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, bar hazing pranks and games are really about team morale. And if you. Yeah, it really is. Like, if, I don't want to hurt anybody. No, no absolutely no, not. But my point is if you're. And, and to Mike's point right there, if you're a patron and you see this happening. And you make that person aware of it. You ruined it. You ruined the yeah. team morale. Well, you didn't Let ruin it, keep... it. I mean, you, no. still, you still brought it to it. No, I'm sorry. Climax, Let but... it keep going. Let it go as it long as it can possibly go. Yes, <laughs> get in on that joke. I, I will say that I would say the worst hazing that is throughout every company, every restaurant in the world is essentially training. Where like you have to hang out and help out your bartender and get paid minimum wage. Why you helped make your bartender three hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. That might be the worst hazing that we've ever had to deal with in our lives. And granted, it's something we all have to go through. That's standard. There's no real workaround. <laughs> it's not it even standard, hazing, but it sucks. But, like, but I mean, but it's fun. It didn't help actually like build relationships. 
and like create a bond that you get to grow and build together down the road. So it's it, a it give. You know times, what it is. But it is what See, it is. I, I had some good trainers that they'd make some good money and they'd throw me a little bit. Man. I'm sure. I thought, go, I thought my trainee some money for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for helping me out. And then, and that in itself builds a relationship. I always and, would and as level well. Of respect for each other yeah. for future, you know endeavors together but when, when you're talking about callbacks richard this goes back to the beginning of the episode where we're talking about this is a merit-based business right and mm-hmm. uh you don't necessarily need to move up on the ladder with a resume um this is the give and the take you eat shit day one right you get paid yep. nothing they give you a two free weeks. meal <laughs> they give you a free meal they make you train every night for two weeks and then you if you pass your server test you're on the floor it's like that yeah. kind of it's that kind of stuff so it's it's I, almost like a vibe check too yes like, I, it, it, that's so yeah. true that's so true and it's good if they pair you with somebody who's not just a good trainer but a, a good representation of that particular business mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that vibe check are you going to fit in will you yep. know i remember one of the the best restaurants i've ever worked at in my life was a place called ocean pride i actually just recently took mike and justin there um, they're from Kansas. They don't know shit about seafood. Um, Richard, you're from Indiana. Uh, seafood is from the sea. Um, what? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's fish and, and shellfish and other types of items like hey, that. Hey, I had lobster bisque tonight, yeah. motherfucker. All right? Yeah, I'm delicious. sure you did. And guess what? That lobster bisque was uh, probably like probably chicken shit. Okay? I'm, I'm just going to tell you that. You're in the middle of the America. Ice. They don't do seafood out there. We got there. planes, anyway, trains, and automobiles. I'm not going to get into this with right? you right now. I'm not getting nah. into this with you. Right now. The point of what I'm saying is, is Ocean Pride, my trainer, what he did is he walked me around to each person in the bar, and he goes, this is Norm. This is what Norm drinks. This is Mike. This is what Mike drinks. This is Dan. This is what Dan drinks. And and it was so awkward. But then my next shift that I didn't have that trainer, I was like, this is Norm. This is what Norm drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, was, I was good. So um, I, it is definitely a vibe check is a good good way. You know, it, it tests whether or not you can handle it, handle that, that vibe, that, that scenario. So it's a good way to put it. Um, I agree. All right. Number 10, you have made it to the end. Bravo, my friend. You. I'm going to Dr. Seuss this entire fucking question. All right. <laughs> I'll go for it. <laughs> firing and quitting stories. Did. Firing and quitting stories. Yeah, so, right. Steve, why don't you recap where we were with that firing? Because it started with the champagne flute, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Mike, then, first off, first off, what do we affectionately call this category? Oh, getting 86. That's right. Getting 86, baby. Now, now, we will back up. You were talking about the champagne flute story. Somebody got stabbed in the leg, and shit was popping off, and you were telling us how... After that, everybody got fired, and I I didn't want oh, to steal your thunder. I just this was the drinking situation in the bar. Yeah, the yes. the, the, the yeah, not the champagne flute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, yeah. mix those up. But the yeah, guy yeah. grabbed the bottle and was out. Yep. Oh, the other side of the bar where you're not supposed to be pouring with, drinks know, for everybody, right? Yeah. Unless there's a sparkler in so, it. So I will argue vindication <laughs> for one of those moments. So there was a a gentleman um, who got looped in, who bartender. He was a bartender who. The bar manager had told him to do shots with him. I said, you got to do shots with me or like, I'm gonna let you go. Like, so he hung him on the rope. And so he's a new bartender as well. So he fell in line with that. And then why didn't you fire? The vindication I will say is though, I vouched for him as a character and like essentially told my owners and my beverage director that this kid got looped in with the bartender or the bar manager and if he had not been in that situation mm. i there's a good chance that he would not have done that a little bit a little bit of peer pressure yeah, yeah a little bit of peer pressure there you're gonna be fired if you don't 
That's, so, a, te- that's a testament to you, do? Richard, that you yeah. actually even stuck up for. Right. So the first time when it came around, um, the, when, I, when I first went back the first shift, I, I tried to vouch for him. But the company's like, you know, we got to make a decision. I'm like, I respect that. The company's got to make a decision. It is business. Uh, throughout time and whatnot, like while we're still looking for staff to replace people, I was able to vouch for him. And then he is now working back again with my bar. Nice. He's a wonderful kid. I fucking love him. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He wants to get into the craft cocktail game. And I, I'm, I'm very happy to bring him back in to guide him along this path. Of just figuring out the bar industry in your early 20s. Nice. Very so cool. Made a mistake. Acknowledge he's made a mistake. Has learned from it. And he's growing from it. So we've been fortunate enough to move past that. Um, while I would definitely argue that the, the individual that instigated it should have been argued or should have been fired for sure. Um, the person uh, who got looped into that, he's a good kid. And I'm glad he's back with me. Good. He's, he's a wonderful human being. I'm very That's happy awesome, to have man. him with me. That's, That's awesome, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, America loves a good comeback story, and it's not even like he was the one fucking up there. You know, he was—he was just trying. He was—he na- was trying to navigate, the, you know, the situation, and that's a hard mm-hmm. situation to be in. I, I completely understand that. So, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that there's a happy ending to that yeah. story. So, yeah. that, and I'm glad. Really I'm glad we teased it on too. Multiple occasions, mm-hmm. mostly from me saying, "Go talk to them. <laughs> Tell them to bring him back. We miss him. He's a good bartender." Yeah, he was a good bartender. He's a, he's a good kid. Very kind on the eyes. Very kind to Des as well. To a point where people like come in and ask for him. Yeah. What's um, his name? Let's no, shout. Like let's shout him out. Let's shout him out. His name is Xavier. Um, okay, I, good. I love the kid. He's a wonderful person, and I'm very excited I've got to come across his path. Um, definitely a kindred spirit, and I see a lot of myself he's in my potential. early career that I see him and him right yeah, now. That's awesome. See, now he's got the guru yeah, yeah, leading yeah. him. Yeah, I, I have to tell he you. He knows in respect, like, <laughs> yeah. really highly. It's I just to, unfortunate. Yeah, go ahead. I have to tell you, I have a checklist now, right? When I come to Indy next time, which will be in the very near future because – not to, not to get sentimental here, but the way you talk about Bethany is the way that I talk about my lady. Um, she oh, is, awesome. She's a very special person to me. And uh, we are going on a 21-day cross-country road trip this year. Uh, we will be starting actually in Indianapolis. We'll be flying hey. in to see some of my family and then taking off from there. And I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you, uh, my checklist in Indy is very simple. It's see family. And Perfect. then it's see uh, uh, our boy right here, okay? And then Xavier is third on the list. Yes. Okay? Please come in to see us. Let, us. let us show off for you. Let us impress you. I would love to have that opportunity. We can't um, wait. That, what a great way to kick off our trip. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it'll be I, let me Let me go back to the vibe check where we talked about uh, when like, you got to do a vibe check for people to find out if they're going to fit into your group. Um, I In my early career, I might have been... Um, an influential part of getting an individual fired by telling him how to hit on girls, but giving him bad advice on how to hit on girls. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, dude, I, I, I'm, I, I slightly feel bad about this one, but however, he did not fit in. And even the girls were coming up to me telling me that he did not fit in. So I'm like, all right, not a problem. So I gave this guy advice on telling him like, girls like it when you call them a hoe. This goes no, to this goes no, to pranks no. and games. Dude, yes, it goes back to pranks and games. It's both. So I gave this dude like bad advice on how to hit on girls, and then he <laughs> continued to follow my advice, and then to the point where like girls would then go to point of complain to management and said that he was saying these things, and then he got 
like fired for essentially sexual harassment. Did, oh what else? Come on, I need to hear what are some of the other gems you gave him on how to how to interact with the female sex. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. I was I was like, oh, like be like, oh, girl, you slut. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I I can do that with five, five, like my friends because I built a relationship on that. Sure, sure, that. sure. Yes, I do. You can be cheeky. No, listen. You can Plenty be cheeky. You can be cheeky. Yes. You can be cheeky when you have a rapport. Controversial subject. When you have a rapport. Hold on. Say names. Hold on. One of one of the funny. They can't hear you. They can't fucking hear you. One of the funniest moments of my life. One of the funniest moments of my life was being in Panama City, Florida, for spring break with my then girlfriend, and her and her friend are having a competition of who can win the most beads, and I'm not. I mean, it's not really hard to understand how you win beads on on spring break at Panama City, Florida. Until oh, they story as well. I know yeah. story. Hey, you, t- you, you let your tits swing. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so all of a sudden they go walking up to a group of guys, and those guys don't want to see their tits. They start going, "We'll give you your beads if you let us see your assholes. Show oh us God. your assholes. You know what I mean? Down, yeah. and, and talk about the quickest way to turn a lady off is to ask to see her asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very true. Yes, absolutely. Unless she's pressed up against some plate glass. Well, that's different. Then you're, fe- then you're feasting. You're then you're feasting. Yes. I mean, that's a whole th- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Richard, oh, my mother I, is our biggest uh, our biggest listener to this pod, and mom, I'm gonna man. have to ask her to probably not listen to the last 20 minutes. Oh, don't feel bad about this. My my mom and my entire family support my whole life. It's love this, life. love <laughs> this, love this mom. about you. And my grandma too. We my are kindred spirits. So, Mike, Mike was right. We 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 are cut from the same cloth. I yes, I like cut it. from the same cloth. Maybe different like scissors, it. but that's fine. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, the, uh, essentially my story about giving this guy bad sexual harassment advice did not work out well for him. Uh, he got like the vibe checked and he got promoted to guest. <laughs> promoted to guest. I like that. I like nice. that. Yeah, In yeah. fact, I'm going to put... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say we just close. I'm gonna say we just close that category right there. No, the gauntlet. We just closed the gauntlet. That's pretty good. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it right there. That's we have good. not. Yeah. We've never heard that one. He got promoted to guest. That's the same. <laughs> thing. We have not heard that one yet. That's good. Richard, my God, man, you came in and just blew our. I mean, dude. I was doing a bonfire in my backyard. I thought I singed my eyebrows off. It was nothing Ooh. compared to this. You were absolutely. You, you should see it here, man. I mean, just, like I said, it's like an, an alchemist lab here. It's you know, crazy. There's, there's casualties laying I all over glass the place. Everywhere. That's just right. Dead glasses, you know. Organic molecules. Yeah. <laughs> so, Peanut butter tequila laying everywhere. <laughs> this is incredible. Which, seriously, if you were ever in Indianapolis, go and have the peanut butter and jelly. That's what you call it. The yep. peanut butter and jelly shop. Yep. It. That was incredible. PBJ, baby. Now, I'm yeah. not. I'm not much. I'm not usually one for like gimmicky cocktails and stuff. That was incredible. Thank that you. was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So definitely go check that out. out outstanding. And and yeah. the the peanut butter and jelly cocktail f- uh, fails in comparison to the way that you just executed the gauntlet, my friend. So <sighs> bravo. Um, this brings us to our section that we call the clean it up, aka the how's our driving. What we want to understand from you is. Any recommendations you have, and I'm, I'm begging you, plug your business, plug what you do right now, but um, please give us any recommendations around indie, anything that the people need to know about going out and getting great cocktails, getting great food. Okay. Uh, so I would definitely plug my own brand. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Richard, that bartender. Uh, if you're getting uh, drunk and feel like you're failing at sending 10 messages at 2 a.m., Follow my OnlyFans at Richard That Bartender on there as well. I would highly suggest that. 
And we're going to do a collaboration. And by the way, our, we haven't actually given you the link yet for uh, the Bartender Red Podcast. It's BRP Watch Along. All right, so check that out. We're going to do, be doing a collab. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be some good. The OnlyFans is coming, ladies. <laughs> yes, and, right, gentlemen, sorry, I and gentlemen. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just and gentlemen. His next uh, event. Oh yeah, so I, to thong. I I have a good I have I have some good friends <laughs> that run <laughs> drag events here in the city, and they asked me to help them with a charity event. Uh, I will be helping out with Miss Gay Indiana. Which is a drag pageant show. I love it. Uh, I love it. And they're also doing a fundraiser for the Damien Center, which helps uh, people who have uh, encountered HIV and helping them with the resources they need. Uh, different various STDs, free tests. Uh, I would highly suggest it for the city of Indianapolis. Um, safe sex is proper sex. Uh, with that being said, as well, for different spots in the city around, I would highly suggest a place called the Ball and Biscuit. And go check out my friend, uh, Brian Oliver. Whoa, Definitely whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up on Brian Oliver go. because I need more information on Brian Oliver. Brian Oliver is a friend who I worked with at Tavern at the Point and uh, definitely somebody I would consider on my level of mixology. Do you think he would uh, be a good guest on the show? Because we're always looking for recommendations from our guests of new guests on the show. I would highly recommend him as a guest on your show, as well as the other person I will talk about in just a moment. Okay. Uh, my friend Brian is a vegan, so he is able to bring a new concept into bars that is not well seen throughout a lot of different places. Uh, the other gentleman I would recommend is a gentleman named Bo Masick. Uh, he's a guy that got me into craft bartending. He is a mixologist actually from Las Vegas who is uh, surplanted himself in Indianapolis, and he is the beverage director for a place called uh, Burn. By Rocky Patel. It's a high-end cigar lounge, and they do high-end cocktails, and he is a phenomenal fucking bartender. Uh, the person who I kind of aspire to be like is that gentleman right there. Wow. Uh, he's a wonderful, ridiculously amazing craft That's high praise. That right taught me a lot of praise. what I know now. Yeah, yeah. He's a wonderful person. So we got Ball and Biscuit and... Burn by Rocky Patel. Burn by Rocky And, and those are both believe- in Indy? Yes. I believe Chris and I, one of the first years we came here, we went to Burn nice. and went down and, and had a, and had ourselves uh, some whiskey and some cigars. Yeah. It was really cool. That's a, so. that's a definite place that you want to be seen in Indianapolis. So if, if you want to go out and you want to be seen, you want to dress up, you want to look sharp, you go to Burn. Well, that's okay. not why we went there, but it was still a good place. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Richard, if I'm, if I'm walking into Ball and Biscuit, what am I ordering? Uh, if you're walking in a ball and biscuit, you look to the bartender and you tell them to make them whatever they want to make. Nice. Okay. That's, that's all you got to do. Simple. Uh, that's one of those places. Say no more. Uh, Say no more. Most of, the, most of the staff that they hire on there can definitely do that. But their cocktail menu from top to bottom is pretty impressive. Okay. And I would always suggest that. Love uh, that. Also, the other place I would suggest is if you can find it, and I will not give you any information about this place, is a speakeasy in here called the Commodore. Yeah. Love that place. Love the bartenders. Love their cocktails. But there's really no true speakeasy outside of Indianapolis that nobody really knows about aside from this place. The Commodore? The Commodore. I'll share one with you. We'll trade. Yes. We'll trade. Yes. Okay. I love it. You come to Baltimore. Okay. You try to He's find. Ready. He's getting his book out. He's ready. Oh, He's accepting yeah, yeah. this riddle, man. Yeah. <laughs> you come to Baltimore and you hunt down W.C. Harlan. Okay. W.C. Harlem? Harlan. 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 H A R L A N. W.C. Harlan. And it's just, you know, it's one of those places. Ain't no sign. Ain't no Google Maps. Oh, I love those. You got you to gotta track her down, 
and she's oh. got nothing but candlelight and good drinks and piano music. It's like music, geocaching, baby. but with booze. That's, yes. that's all I need. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> I, I want to talk to the people in the city. I want to find out local vibes. I want somebody to lead hey, me to a beautiful, sexy cocktail bar. That's what I want. Do you know what after, we did? after everything he just said, how much would he fucking love Hamden? Well, here's the thing. He would absolutely love Hamden. I heard earlier when we started this pod that there's might be a blue there might be a bar called Bluebird near you. Is that right? Uh, Blue Beard. Blue, Blue Beard. Beard. Okay, okay. Um, so the the girl uh, that is that, the, is that Genevieve? Where she is? Oh, Blue Brew Burger. B R U. Okay, Burger. okay. The reason I thought I heard Bluebird is because the the young lady who started uh, W C Harland is a girl named Laura Harland, and she is infamous in the Baltimore bar scene. She, at the age of 26, just started opening up bar after bar after bar with these incredible concepts. And now she's got like six of them under her belt. It's W.C. Harlan. It's Clavel. It's Fadin Sanin. And she has this incredible um, high-end cocktail bar called Bluebird, which has this very like jazzy kind of like 50s style, almost like Rat um, Pack-esque kind of uh shtick to it but it's very yeah. heavy light heavy dark dark light and it's in an old church um uh what 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 what's uh no, you're wh- giving him too many clues man where does the pastor live in a church what, what am i trying to think of the, the name parish. parish parish thank you it's an yeah. old church parish that got converted into bar it's a gorgeous building anyway the point of what i'm trying to say is uh you come to Baltimore, nobody can show you this town and all the secrets like I can. I'm going to come to Indy, and we're going to do this thing right, Richard. Oh, oh yeah. uh, Let me know when you're coming to Indy so I can make sure right. I take a night off and we can go enjoy <laughs> it together. Take a Absolutely. night in yeah, the yeah. afternoon Let's, let's okay, enjoy the night okay. on the same side We're going to take a couple nights off. We're going to yeah. you know, really get the map out. You know, it yeah, I don't like... need three feet of pine in between us. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, so, Mike, Mike those take were... No, I was going to say those were some great recommendations. Is there anything else that you know maybe we didn't cover that you just wanted to say about being a bartender or the the bar industry? You know, before we move on to our final wrap up questions. Oh uh, man, uh, in all honesty, the bartending industry has allowed me to live a life that uh, I don't know if I could have ever truly appreciated and enjoyed in a traditional Monday to Friday nine to five job. Um, the fact that I never had to set an alarm clock, I get to wake up and I do whatever I want to do in the beginning of the day, and then go out and enjoy. People who are actually not working. They're coming to see me mm-hmm. on their leisure time. That's a great point. It's one, of, yeah, one of the best pleasures I ever get to get is people want to go out and they come see me when they want to have fun. That's the best thing that I can ever recommend about the bar industry is you get to enjoy people on their leisure time. Uh, if you control the chaos, it becomes a wonderful, pleasurable experience. But managing the chaos and everything that comes along with the industry, be it uh, a drinking late at night with friends or uh, enter restaurant drama. Like if you're capable of managing that and setting solid boundaries and creating agreements with your coworkers, mm-hmm. it'd be a wonderful, pleasurable experience that I would never trade in for anything else in my life. Awesome. That's Communication, awesome. man. Yeah. Awesome. Communication is uh, the, the, the foundation of every endeavor of my life. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Damn right. That's yeah, a fucking, it's the foundation of human beings, man. Yes. That's all we are, man. Yes. Well, Mike, take us home. Let's let's awesome. give him the first Dude, and yes. last co- yeah, closing question. This has been great. Yeah, love that. So well, we already kind of touched on this, but you know, you obviously have a very romantic uh, involvement with the 
the service industry and mm. bartending. You, 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 this is something you truly love. Yeah, that's a wonderful way. <laughs> You're to put feasting it. every night. Ah, <laughs> when you go to work. Yes. So, so this is you know obviously Steve and I ask this question. We we ask it. You know we're kind of being facetious and joking around. Because, we're but well, we're not kind of also. Ah. Yeah, it, it is. It's a double edged sword. So why do you still do this? AKA why do you hate yourself? Uh, why do I still do this? Um, first of all, it's pretty much the only thing I know. So that's a hundred percent why I still do this. I just I, I love the craft. Uh, why do I hate myself, man? Uh, I like to put myself through hard situations and through yeah. the hard grind. Do I find out who I truly am? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and challenge. That's what baby. I really love about good challenging work. Um, bartending is not easy. Managing drunk people or anybody else that's on any kind of substance that you are not on, because most of the time you're sober behind a bar. To be able to manage that is a bit of a challenge, and it also gives you an insight to human beings on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful. It's extremely rewarding that I, I honestly cannot have tangible things to show most people. And I guess the best thing I can do is just to represent myself and to be a good human being and to be a good representation for the hospitality industry yeah. as a whole. It's hard, it's hard to convey, man. It's so yes. hard to convey. But, you know, you actually just, just very quickly alluded to it. The bar is its own metaphor. It literally is a bar that you are uh, competing against every day. You are coming into uh, difficult situations, new situations, things that you've never dealt with before, patrons you've never dealt with before, patrons that are going to be drunk and ridiculous and everything in between. The challenge of entertaining them, inspiring them, that's what this business truly is, and that's why I feel when I'm behind there, it's like a stage. It's okay. because. My guests... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. My, <laughs> sorry. My my guests range from a uh, 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 neuroscience uh, a surgeon to a sugar baby. My right. idea was so right. many ranges of different yeah. people, and it's fucking awesome. That's the challenge. I would not. Be, yeah, I would not be able to meet these people if I were not behind three feet of pine yeah well and that's something we've talked about too is that everybody not everybody you know maybe not the the pastor he's he's in his parish but Ah. the majority of the people from the community regardless of what they're doing whether they're big time or or no time they're coming into the bar for a drink Mm -hmm. everybody is mixing in there everybody's coming in for the same thing for a little bit of community a little bit of connection maybe maybe to get a little you know a little bit messed up and you know have a good time or at least get a little tipsy and you know you know, feel something a little different for a night. So just to leave, I think that's cool. just just to leave the world for a while. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean, and to be part of something different. You know, Richard, I know you haven't listened to a lot of our episodes, but we talk about the third space, and I, I I might be a broken record on this pod talking about this, but I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, human beings have three spaces: it is your home life, it is your work life, and then it is your community that that thing that you seek out to inspire you. And for so many people, it's that bar that they love to go to. It's those people sitting next to them that they like to banter with. It's their bartender that gives them a joke or a wry smile or a decent drink. And that's what's amazing about this profession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And speaking of bars that you love to go to, our final question of this incredible episode. And again, Richard and Bethany and Chris, thank you all for being here. This has turned out so perfectly. And I, you know, we didn't even know if we'd get to meet a cool bartender when we came to Indianapolis. We figured we would, let's be honest. And we met several. Prayed we would. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Genevieve, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Genevieve. Um, She's so. 
<laughs> so, so when it comes down to it, you know, out of all your experience, if you did open a bar, what would you call your bar or what would the theme be? Man, I, I to be honest, like, I know the inner workings of like how to run a bar and I've never desired to own my own fucking bar. <laughs> that sounds like the worst idea in the world. Interesting. Like, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. so fortunately for me, like I, I work in a bar where everybody takes care of what I need. So I am in a, my dream spot. I have exposed brick, I have a wall of whiskey, I have beautiful crab cocktails in a place that you really can't find, but you expect beautiful and amazing things. So if I was to ever own a bar, the bar I am currently working at is the one I would want to own. It's awesome. It's fucking wonderful. You don't even know it's fucking there. Yeah. You think it's just a pizza joint. Yep. But then all of a sudden you, <laughs> you show up. You think Google Maps like, oh is God. hacked by the Russians. You can't figure out where yeah. to go. This place instantly becomes your favorite bar within five minutes. And like I'm 100% available for that bar. And this is the kind of bar that I would want to own. Place that has craft cocktails, beautiful spirits, and does not have bellows in the fucking well. Could, <laughs> could be called breadstick tales. Breadstick tales, that's great. Tales. Or you can go with the How I Met Your Mother reference and call it mysteries. Why is it called mysteries? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you, man. I, I had, uh, obviously, uh, my regular baseline of expectations, which is most of the guests that Michael picks... Michael gets too drunk for. <laughs> no, that is not what no. happens. It's whenever um, we record two episode, episodes in a row. Could you imagine if I had to do another episode after this? Fair oh, enough. Oh, man. Yeah. That's usually what happens. All in the, I, I, I can't remember if we talked about it or not. I'm sorry. Since you brought it up, <laughs> Andy Gladbox episode, I accidentally bought alcoholic ginger beer. We were doing dark. No, we're, oh, not no. Oh, no. we're not doing the this again. Only, we're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. Stop. Stop. Beer. I Stop. didn't realize it. So, Stop. We're not saying. doing this again. Mike has already said his me. piece. I'm not a drunk, all right? No, I'm an no. entrepreneur. No. Okay? <laughs> I want to be thinks you're a drunk. I think those two are mutually exclusive. Actually, I prefer... I'm an entrepreneur and a drunk. I actually prefer Lush. I think it's, it's very whimsical, Lush, you know? Yes. Mike, I love you. I put your rosy cheeks and a smile. Mike, I love you, and I'm glad... I'm so happy you made this night happen. Richard, it was a pleasure to get to know you, my friend. Pleasure to meet you. I can't wait. I appreciate it. You know what the wonderful thing is about saying goodbye right now and saying goodbye not only to just you and our listeners is for them this is the end unless they come to your bar for me and you this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship yes all right and i don't know if you're i don't know if you're a casablanca fan but that that's casablanca yes that's that's how i feel right now i feel i feel i feel like rick and i just want us to play him play us out right now (laughs) <laughs> on a piano riff, you know. Um, Play me this out. has been an absolute blast, my friend. You have been incredible. What amazing stories. Um, give the people one last button before we go. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard, that bartender on Instagram, also uh, OnlyFans. Uh, but follow me over here at Wise Guys on Mass Ave. Uh, please follow me on Instagram. I'm happy to promote myself and I'm happy to make you a beautiful cocktail and, and change your perspective on what an experience should be. So. Indianapolis, show up. Yes. Here we yes. go. We're That's coming. Out. We're coming to your city one at a time, my friends. But Indianapolis, what a great night. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Would you mind making me another highball? Ah, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. This is some bullshit. Where's my peanut butter tequila? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along. We really hope you enjoyed the show. 
If you did, we release new episodes most Mondays. Uh, you know, stay you know tuned, I guess. <laughs> a big shout out over to our friends at Trauma Parlor, whose song "Fast" when you heard throughout the show. Go check them out on Facebook and Spotify, and show them some love. Goddamn right, you better show them some love, or I'll come find you. <laughs> um, if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also Snapchat. Snapchat, at yeah, BRP. Snapchat's fun. Check it out. Yeah, that's right. At BRP Drink Along. Uh, you can listen along at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Uh, please be sure, I'm, I'm begging you, to just subscribe, rate, and review. Please, just give that five stars on Spotify, on Apple Pod, on Google Pod. It takes us such a long way, and honest to God, it, it really helps Mike and I's personal validation. That's all we're asking for. We just want to be validated, all right? We want to feel like we matter, people, all right? And we, we're, we've, we've gone to the end of podcasting in order to find that in our lives. So <laughs> if you could be so kind, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> oh, and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon. VIPs are always going to have a seat at the bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content, maybe even... Uh, Richard's Laboratory. We'll see if, you know, maybe that comes into fruition there. It's Richard's um, Laboratory. <laughs> He's the smartest boy you ever seen. Okay, if, okay, honestly, we would have to do a spoof on that song. I love We'd that have to. Laugh. We'd have to. Um, all right, uh, you're going to have the chance to vote on new episode content and receive a 10% discount on all of our merchandise. Goddamn right, and if you want to be one of our big tippers. AKA one of our bozelles. Feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. Look, Mike and I do this because we love the industry and we want to keep bringing you great content, but this is not our day job. We are juggling so many different projects and we consistently tell you people that it is not about money because it really truly is not. We are making our bills. We are making our nut. The point of this pod is we love this business. We want to continue. We, love doing, we just love doing this pod. Yes. This is and, so much fun. And whether you donate or not, we're going to keep doing it. But if you help us, we can travel around the country. We can help keep bringing you great, great stories and great bartenders like Richard. And, and we can interview people from coast to coast. That's all we ask. All around the globe. Yes. And all that's across all we ask. this flat earth of ours. That's right. It's all we ask. You help us <laughs> drive across that flat earth to the very end until we tip off the tip off the sides. Um, and as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their national helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along. But more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to their national helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast. And we want you to stick around. And Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, man. Thanks for being a part of it, man. You're you're helping us grow the community, so.
Then like I said, the point is it's fucking fun, right? So that's why we keep that's why we keep fucking doing it because it's a good time. Uh, that's what you always want to hope out of a podcast or any kind of career. You're just doing it because it's fun, exactly. And then it just kind of takes off and it becomes a primary. Like, exactly. That's, that's the dream. Yeah. Like really, that was like for me for bartending is kind of what happened. I was just doing it for fun and it just kind of became a career. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's something really special about doing something that you love. Yeah. Um, something really, really special about that. Is that for me? Yes. I'm, uh, I'm very fortunate today to enjoy this craft, and it allows me to have a life that I wouldn't have anticipated. Yeah, I would say I feel quite body. fortunate tonight, and I feel bad for poor Steve and his, and his oh. sad little highball over oh, there. Oh, buddy. <laughs> it, ain't Steve, no, we got some, it ain't a little highball, boys. <laughs> hey. I put Steve, all, we got some, uh, cheers. We got some put, peanut butter tequila over here. No, fuck you. I really want the peanut butter tequila. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Steve, when you're in town, God like please reach out to me, and I'll make it happen for sure.